What's going on, Radio Freeze Van listeners? Before we hop into episode 165, I did have a couple of events I wanted to announce. Uh, first event we're going to talk about is the Battle of Talarn. It's going to be in uh, Boston. It is part of the Everwinter Convention in Waltham, Massachusetts. Uh, it is going to be a 35 table, 70 players of 28 millimeters, Zomortalis, BFG, and Adeptus Titanicus, Horus Heresy going on. It's a larger event, so there's going to be other event series going on at the same time. Ticket blocks are available for both the hotels and the tickets themselves. Uh, it's going to be December 9th and 10th. If you can't make it, there will be a single day event that will be done in January in New York. But, I mean, it looks like it's going to be a good time either way you look at it. So, once again, December 9th and 10th, if you're in the uh, Boston, Massachusetts area or in that northeast kind of area, go check it out. It looks like they're going to be a good time. There's a bunch of pictures already up there. If you want to see what you're getting into, go to wickeddicey.com forward slash tournaments forward slash Everwinter to see some of the pictures of the uh, Everwinter convention. Uh, thank you, guys. Also, guys, want to give a shout out to the Heresy Accountability Buddies. They're celebrating their 50th episode on their podcast. And part of that is they're doing a giveaway for an Age of Darkness box. And they're actually being sponsored by Elric's Hobbies, who has added to the pot with a whole set of custom bases to go with that box. So to enter the giveaway, you're going to go to their podcast. And on episodes 50, 51, and 52, they will have a code word. You'll take that code word and you can give it to them either over their Facebook Messenger, over their Discord, or on their YouTube channel. You give them that code word and that gives you one entry into the drawing for it. Also, you can get another entry if you share the podcast page or the episode or their Discord. So that'll give you up to two entries into the drawing to win an Age of Darkness box as well as custom bases for them provided by Elrex Hobbies. I want to give a shout out uh, accountability buddies, good friends of the podcast, good friends in general. Uh, give them a check out. Lovely, lovely. And just heads up, guys, it does require the code to get that second entry. If you don't got the code, if you ain't got no code, you ain't got no role. If you got, that's it. You got no entries. So make sure you get that code from the podcast, guys. Thanks, Ep guys. Episode 50, 51, and 52. So let's get on with the show. This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor What's going on, Radio Freest Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 165 of the Radio Freest Fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Going to see what's going on, Derek. How's it going, everybody? And uh, we've got a pretty nice little episode for y'all this fine, fine Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> a little later, but stuff's been happening. Yeah, man, it's been a pretty busy week. Pretty busy week. We've like, uh, and honestly, I think we left like released last episode a little later. So you know, this kind of yeah. jives in line. Y'all are probably gonna get two episodes back to back pretty soon at some point. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> Enjoy it. Oh. So anyway, we got a pretty good episode for you guys. We're gonna do some. Uh, What's going on this week? 
yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some things that we saw. We're gonna go over our hobby progress as we normally do. We're gonna talk about some of the stuff that got sunsetted in the forty k side of things because. I think we're kind of it's there's certain items that are a supply chain issue for us as well. Yeah, kind of man. I, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, some the how the campaign is going for Siege of Sethonia for Derek. Yeah. And then I did get a game played. It was a 40K game, but I'm going to talk <gasps> about it because there was some uh, some fun stuff, man. I'm, I'm enjoying myself right now. So. I was yeah. There, there's some stuff I heard said that I'd like to elaborate about when we get there. Excellent, lovely. <laughs> so, that being said, guys, I do want to touch base with the Discord real quick. Go to WarhammerDiscord.com, WarhammerDiscord.com in your browser. That's going to take you to the Radio Free Estevan Discord. Right now, we have the last few days for our sunset for the dreadnought painting competition the old box boy so the old boxy boy if you get a it's any dreadnought is it is capable of being the yeah, drop competition it's in memoriam of the castroferum dreadnought yeah so dreadnought in quotation marks i yeah. think we have a mauler fiend that's being entered like there's just things that are dreadnought ish mauler fiend or hellbrute one of the technically is a dreadnought they just don't call it dreadnought for yeah. whatever reason exactly so uh it's in the spirit you have until the end of July. The last day we're going to be accepting entries for that is going to be next Monday. That's going to be the 31st. If you're a mad lad, you got a weekend that you, uh, it's pretty empty. Maybe you're not the most social person out there. <laughs> Get or maybe you're just one of the devoted individuals that uh, when you've got that motivation of the time crunch is where you do your best work. Next you, Monday is due date. You save the all of the work for the oldest and wisest version of yourself. Exactly. Some people work better under pressure. Yeah. So so that being said, guys, there is that is due on Monday. And on that same Monday, we also have the other side of our painting competition, the monthly painting competition, which is going to be uh, weathered. However you interpret that, weathered is going to be uh, the, the, theme. the theme of that painting yeah, competition. I, I kind of like that. Just kind of like this... Uh, a little little interpretive assignment. Yeah, no, I have definitely been weathering the shit out of everything I've been touching lately. So, uh, unfortunately, go. I haven't entered a single one of those models into the painting competition. Yeah, I've got one done up that I was prepared to do, and I just, I've got a weekend to do it, I guess. Uh, that being said, guys, we already did hold the vote for what August looks like it's going to be. And the last I checked, uh, it looks like character was winning if i remember correctly we hold like votes every month to see what you guys want to paint and for this month's main painting monthly painting competition for august yeah character's definitely <laughs> running away with it. <laughs> jesus christ that's some unless uh, everybody goes and sees the barbie movie this weekend and comes back and votes for pink bro pink got up there it's yeah i mean i, I wouldn't say it's close but it's you know it's a contender for those of y'all interested we actually <laughs> held in the competition we had squad vehicle character monster or because of, a couple of reasons why mostly because it's cancer awareness month next month right so that's why we chose pink but it also like falls in line like mattel releasing this movie was not like they it there's going to be a lot of pink out there for this month, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to assume it's for the Barbie movie. So it's just really smart for them to release their movie in August. So yeah, 
There's, there's a lot going on there. At the same time, if you want to do a pink dreadnought, that's fine with me. It is what it is. Or, you know, anything pink. Uh, if this wins, though, we got to get this winning. It's only got 13 votes versus the 28 that are ready for character. You know what? Or you could just pay a pink character. 14 votes. You know what? <laughs> 15 votes. <laughs> Take mine away from character. <laughs> We're going to be some... <laughs> I just <laughs> okay. If Pink wins, somebody's gonna call some shenanigans. They're gonna audit our audit our Discord for bots. Hey guys, y'all have just a few days <laughs> to get in there and make your voices heard. Get that pink up there. So, dude, some pink horrors. Some hey, pink horrors. There's a lot of cool stuff you could do. That uh, Lucius the Eternal. Oh, man. We're just going to see that number up here in the next couple of days. <laughs> so, anyway, guys, yeah, that is what the options are right now. Come hop in. The winner, it's it's free to enter. Oh, yeah. uh, all you have to do is submit an unpainted or primered model, even unassembled, any of those non-painted areas. And then uh, you're going to have to have a, uh, a picture of that with, like, a card or a piece of paper or anything that's written in pencil, pen, whatever, marker, your username and discord as well as the secret word which we'll provide at the beginning of the month yeah so that, you can't can't get the drop on it early you got to know the secret word first correct so correct once we open up that competition we'll drop the secret word for the dreadnought one it is i have awoken and then for weathered it is a little horus yeah little horus so uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be Horus Heresy themed. They're all Redemptors or all sorts of things in there. Oh, yeah. Just keep in mind, we are a more Horus Heresy themed podcast, so you might have a bias towards yeah. Horus Heresy themed yeah. articles. The, the winner is chosen by community vote, and the winner will receive a $50 uh, in store credit. In store credit at their friendly local game store. And so far, I've called every local game store and told them what we're doing and they've just been like yeah cool you can send us money and we'll give it in the form of store credit to this person yeah stores love money yeah especially they, they will take your money and in return that. for store credit it's like, it's yeah. like a win-win for them hell yeah so turns out this worked exactly as well as designed yeah i've had not not had a problem just heads up it is 50 dollars american so if yes. you're in australia it's gonna be really good for you uh if you're in uh anywhere else where the dollar is losing right now it's probably it going to be a little bit worse time. Sorry. But it's, it is what it is. It, yeah. So, yeah. That being said, uh, let's go ahead and move on to what we got. Hoppy progress, man. Hoppy what have you been working progress. on? I actually got paint on my brush this past week. I wish I had the, uh, the soundboard applause queued up for you. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you paint? Talk to me. All right. So we got this Dreadnought painting competition. Oh, yeah. yeah somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody posted up their old metal Furioso. I'm like, That's right. Damn. I do have an old metal Bjorn just kicking around in my bits box. He's missing legs, though. But you know what? 3D printer go burr. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see he does have uh, 3D printed legs. Probably an ABS because that top half of him is uh, probably thirty pounds worth of pewter. So, hey man, it's it, he's a healthy boy. <laughs> he's he's been eating his Wheaties for the past ten thousand years. I bet that's exciting, man. Yeah, it was a blast to just kind of get back into it. Like I was kind of worried about just knocking the dust off, but at this point, everything's just so second nature. Uh, I tried. You'd let me some Monument Hobbies paints. Oh yeah, uh, did you like Pro it? Krill. What'd you think? 
their dream. They're an absolute dream. <laughs> yes. I told you, bro. I told you. And that's just like, dude, like, like look, I've ta- I'm in the Kool-Aid. And so, you know, we're, we're monumentals, everything like that. I'm deep in. Nobody believes me anymore when I say it's great paint because they're like, oh, yeah, cool. Of course, you want to sell me paint. That's what you want. No, dude. That's- we, would, we wouldn't be doing this. You wouldn't be <laughs> plugging it if you didn't genuinely believe in the product. You you owned the whole line before you became a monumental. Exactly. I saved no money by becoming a monumental <laughs> because I already owned all the products that they offered. Yeah, I, and I didn't doubt it. I just hadn't had a chance to like get my hands like get my hands on it and play with it. I can't remember. I I, I sent you with an ivory, right? Like what was like an ivory, a like a light gray that oh, kind of yeah. this like almost green tone to it. Yeah. And then the uh, titanium white. Nice. Yeah. That titanium white goes on wild. Oh yeah. So I, I did the standard primate black and then I did the titanium white to do like a, uh, like a Zenithal or volumetric highlight. And then I don't remember what colors I used exactly to get into the gray. I think it was like Fenrisian gray with like a drop of uh, blue ink. And, and you're definitely airbrushing this, right? Oh Yeah. Okay, yeah, I saw some of the gradients you were doing. Like, the, so there's a couple of different styles of painting for uh, when you're painting vehicles, and like I'm one of those where the middle of any armor plate is going to be the brightest for me because I always look at it as like a sun baked piece of metal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I saw that you're kind of doing the method, kind of like the the David Sampson black label painting method, where it's like each individual armor plate. You, you 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 delineate the the separation of plates with a uh, gradient. Yeah. So what I do is I try to break it up into shapes. Yes. And then I treat each shape as its own individual piece. And so I'm like, okay, this one's angled this way. Where would it be catching more light? And then I just do a gradient from the the edge closest to the light source or the edge that would be getting the most light. And then I fade that down. Yes. And then I might fudge it here and there so that I have two intersecting plates where one of them has the brightest side touching the darkest side of the next plate. Yeah. So you get that contrast and this thing pops. Yeah. Yeah. You see each individual plate as its own plate and it has its own gradient. I love it, dude. Yeah. Looks that, so good. that style just looks so good to me. Yeah. No, I'm about it. Yeah. I get it. I, I don't paint like that just because uh, I'm one of those people that like when I paint stuff up and uh, if I screw up, I'm just like, up. Oh, throw the model straight in the trash, like <laughs> overhand it into Kobe rest in peace. So like I've had it to where like, I'm like, yes, gradient, gradient, gradient. And then you got those two light pieces touching. You're like, Oh, there's no way out of it. Cause I didn't plan it oh. out. Well, to where like, they're all perfectly like not touching. And then there's like two half to touch. You're like, Oh, trash. And that's going to happen. <laughs> well, it, like you, you can't, there's no way to design it where that doesn't happen somewhere. Well, <laughs> there is a, Straight, straight to jail. <laughs> yeah, I, I just when I when that does happen, I try to kind of pick which one would be brighter, and then just have that one. Yeah, just, I gotcha. It won't have as much contrast, but sometimes it'd be like that, you know. But there's a few different things I did because that's how I got the uh, the space was gray, but the claw. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's just older artwork or me misremembering stuff. I remember the fell hand on Bjorn being like this, like deep red. Yes, it was. I know modern ones go for this like frosty ice blue. Yeah, but it was either deep red or deep yellow. It was like a like a red with like a yellow highlight, where it's just like this like glowing like bale red. Like this thing's gonna mess you up. So with that, what I did was a Vallejo tank series, Panzer series hull red. It's like yes. that deep Soviet tank red. 
And I just, I love that red. That's like, that's how I do my red for my weapons on my ultramarines. That's how I do my red for my uh, Legion space wolves. There you go. Oh yeah, that boy. Yeah, that that's pretty much what I was using. Yeah, no, I, I do. We were remembering the same thing. Yeah. Because yeah, that was in the Codex. Okay. He had that red. He's got his own little slaying a dragon when he was young. Yeah, they. I like how they... It looks like they took that specific art and put that... Embossed it onto the new model. Yes. So, yeah, no, you're, you're good. Yeah, though, I was looking to try to find a banner to do the banner. Because I guess that was the... When I think of Bjorn the Fell-Handed, that specific piece of art from the, like, third edition codex comes to mind. Have you seen the company? Like, if you go to Colts, there's a guy who makes. Oh yeah, he and he just goes completely ham on making these banners and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about it, but I'm like, um. dude, well, I've got transfer paper. If you like, and I, I know, like, we were actually talking about it in the shop the other day. It was like, because uh, I can't print white, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you look really closely, well, okay. So if you one thing I was thinking with that, if you have the. Uh, the the printout for it already a lot of times you can transfer that into a cutout so you can cut out a stencil airbrush airbrush the stencil white and that's an exact yes yeah and that's the exact shape of your uh well there's no white on this no not at all so uh we might be able just to give you that old banner well i got three days so oh, yeah, i do i got a transfer paper behind you <laughs> what are you doing tonight <laughs> we just gotta go find it in the <laughs> the closet of death <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about it before we started recording. Uh, one of the closets became the the Warhammer closet due to necessity. Yeah, my boss had to come over here uh, for training, and he's over at my house, and I've got to make myself look like a non-Warhammer D-Gen. Yeah, you got to make your office look like a uh, work-related office and not a painting office. Yeah, so my office kind of got a little bit uh, uh, Warhammer-y in here, a, lot, a little resiny. And so I just had little plastic bags, of which looks like I'm just this, like, Coke fiend, just bags <laughs> everywhere. And so I had to clean all those up, and then I've got resin, I've got plastic everywhere, sprues, uh, boxes of sprues. And so I just collect all that, shove it into this little closet in this room that we record in. And then as soon as I close the door of that room, I just hear, like, a... And I just say, well, I can never open those doors again. And, like, you could see, like, well, the doors are a little bowed. This like, is why I don't touch anything in the Cave of Wonders. It's <laughs> like, so, well, that's never happened, never opening that. But there's transfer paper in there, and that's a laser jet printer. We didn't figure this out. I think you do have to have an ink jet, though. But either way, if you want to print this banner, you let me know. We'll make it happen. See, now that we put this out there, there ain't no way this is going to get any votes without that banner. He. That's why I say it this loud in this in front of all these listeners. That's why I'm saying it. I mean, we'll see. I don't have a banner to put it on right now. Uh, and also in other news, uh, I know last week I talked about my FDM printer, the hot end getting a super bad clog in it. Okay. Got that switched out. So that's now chugging and printing as we speak. Good news. Good news. Had a, had a terrible, it looked like a, uh, almost like a uh, kidney stone, but like I disassembled it and I had the Bowden tube. And I could see where this like fat clog was because it was like comically bulging the Bowden tube. Oh, mijo. <laughs> How did that happen? Hey. Oh, I guess it melted everything up. I suppose so. The heat just kind of backed up on it. Or just me trying to pull it out. I pulled it back up into the tube. Oh, Because I didn't mijo. realize it was clogged. I'm just trying to pull the filament out and it's not going. Poor sad little baby printer. Yeah. But, but it's I, good now, huh? Oh, yeah. So it came with a second hot end and I just changed out the whole hot end. So that's chugging. 
unfortunately, the uh, Elegoo Saturn that I've been using for years and years and years is having that uh, motherboard issue where the backlight doesn't turn off. Yeah. The backlight doesn't turn off? So, oh, so it just like so cures the shit the, out of the your... The UV light is going constantly. Like if the machine is on, it is blasting UV. It does still have the, uh, the, the screen on it that projects the black that does block it, but it doesn't block 100% of it. Sad. Yeah. So all basically the whole tank was just kind of like, it, it wasn't like hard cured like I thought it was going to be, but it was kind of gummy towards just like a little bit of that UV saturation and with nothing to keep it in place. It just kind of gummed up the vat because I was checking on a print and I came back and it was still like the UV was still on. I'm like, there's no way this print should be taken this long. Cause I left it for a few hours after it was supposed to be done. And I go and I check it. I'm like, Oh no, it's done. Why is it still? Oh, this thing's hot. Oh no. So, so it just stayed on the whole time. Yeah. Just the, the UV was on for hours straight, like no turning off, no cutting out just, and I did some research and apparently there's like a transistor on these that like, goes bad and that controls it turning the turning the uv on and off for the backlight basically either i need to get real handy with uh, diagnosing specific tiny electrical components or just get a new motherboard for it um we could use a little mini flare camera and see which which transistor is just abnormally hot or cold so I did find a guide that somebody said hey it should be this transistor and if you're using this model of saturn it has an extra transistor over here that it doesn't really use. You can swap over or I'm sure we could just figure out the like rating on it and swap it for the exact same transistor. Whoa. I don't know. I figure we'll, we'll, we'll take a look if we can save the motherboard. Great. If not, we'll have to get a new motherboard for it. And if that don't work out, uh, we'll see. Okay. So check this out. Yeah. What's up? What do you got? So I was looking at, First off, Red Warden miniatures on Colts. Yes. He makes all of the old school banners. I've got this dude bookmarked. Yeah, yeah. He makes all of the old school banners. Like when I'm like unfortunately nowadays, like the forty K horse heresy models, everything, they just kinda were like, Hey, banners are kinda stupid because of like line of sight and all that stuff, so we're just not gonna do them anymore. I mean, tactically it makes a little more sense, but I don't know. I'm a big fan of the stupid banners. Yeah, man. Like that was what we grew up with, right? The little samurai banners, you know, in the back. Yeah. So, so anyway, dude, I've, dude, my Ragnar has uh, two banner poles on his backpack for both of his banners. Of course, bro. Of course. So anyway, so I was looking at Red Warden who has taken pretty much like every banner you could imagine from every codex, blood angel, space wolf, all that jazz just pouring over the fluff, just pouring over what those banners look like. And he has remade them in 3d. So they are just like, you can just go through paint these banners. and You're good to go. Cause I don't even think like a lot of the decals that they used to have with space wolves, like the lines and like the kind of comical, like, like not comical, but like comic E like, Oh, the symbols, the, like, the high contrast. Yeah. Cause yeah. they had the, the, the font they used for like the numbers and symbols were like kind of just a little wonky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they, so they, they, they were definitely stylized. Yeah. You can't buy those transfers anymore. You can't get those transfers. Like thankfully without a premium, you know, I know a guy who played spacels for a very long time and did not know how to use transfers the whole time. Hey man, good, good for you. <laughs> Where do you, how do you think Bjorn looks so good? <laughs> so, so anyway, anyway, so I'm looking for Dreadnought banners, right? Yeah. And this person on Etsy 
uh, named Liquid Graphics 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason. Just has the Bjorn. Oh, that's just the Bjorn banner. Yeah. 13 bucks, dude. Uh, how fast is the shipping? Uh, <laughs> fuck, yeah, how much <laughs> are you willing to pay? We'll get it here. Uh, where are they based out of? Oh, look at that, dude. Look how good they look. Woo. Those are some uh, mighty fine banners. Oh my goodness! They got them. I guess they got them sized for miniatures. They got them sized for objective markers. The Bjorn the Fell banner, Bjorn the Fell handed banner is wonderfully detailed. It looks great on the Dreadnought banner pole. Shipping was fast. Thank you very much, dude. There's just people going around with just. I mean that banner. That banner. I mean, do they ship it during the weekend? That's gonna be that's gonna be a big ask. We'll see. We'll see where they're at. <laughs> this is road trip. Oh, from Pennsylvania? Oh, that ain't, that ain't making it, bro. That ain't making it. Ooh. If uh, if any of our listeners are in the uh, northeast area, we'll be making a trip down to Texas for unrelated reasons. We'll be here by the end of the weekend. Let me know. Good job, Liquid Graphics. Doing the Lord's work. Mm, that looks so good. So anyway, so what's up with your printer? What are you going to do? I don't know. Uh, we're trying to contact Elegoo, see, because uh, apparently it's a uh, it's kind of a common issue with this run of Saturns, I'm told. So I don't expect them to do much because we're kind of outside of the warranty period. But hopefully they're cool about it. And if not, we'll figure something out. Bro, I'm not going to lie. And I don't know if it's just because... I don't know. So you had a problem with this, the Jupiter, right? Yeah. And now you got a problem with the Saturn. So the Jupiter, I still need to take another look at because apparently the, the issue is it's a me- it's not a mechanical issue as much as it's a uh, physical problem with the medium. So the way the mast is set up, because the build plate is so big, like imagine trying to take a piece of metal the size of a sheet of paper, like eight and a half by 11, yep. and trying to push it through water, right? You get resistance. Right. Because the it's not very dynamic or uh, hydrodynamic. So, one thing that I hadn't considered that I saw YouTube videos where they're breaking it down is when it pushes that down to the bottom of the vat, that same pressure applies and it causes the mast to warp back a little bit. And so, there's a setting you can do in your slicer to give it a little bit of lead time before it starts curing. And that'll give it time for that pressure to kind of equalize and the plate to settle down to where it's supposed to be. Have you successfully printed on the Jupiter yet? Not yet, uh, because... Every time I have to reset it because something messed up, it's a hassle. It takes like 10 minutes to empty the, the uh, vat through a filter. Doink. It's just a, it's a lot of machine. And quite frankly, it scares me. <laughs> <laughs> well, dang, dude, that sucks. Yeah. So anything that's like critical, I do have a Mars I can use. Just a little baby Mars. Yeah. And anything bigger than that, I'm trying to print in plastic anyway. And honestly, my plastic quality, I wish I'd brought something to show you. My plastic quality is getting pretty good. Love it. You have to... Yeah, I've seen there's like a a bunch of different new, uh, I guess, profiles out now. They offer like, you know, ironing and stuff like that and just... Yeah, the the slicing software on the... uh, the FDM printing is getting pretty nuts. Which is crazy to me because I feel like they would have just given up in the middle like, you know, hey, just go buy a resin printer. But they're like, no, no, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep making this better. We're going to start doing tree supports now. We're going to start doing this, that. Oh, like, my gosh. The tree supports are wild. Yeah. That is the biggest game changer. 
They looked at resin printing and said, why don't our supports look like that? What, what, if, what if our supports did look like that? Would that mm. work? Mm-hmm. Turns out it works. I started using a hairdryer to remove my supports. For the uh, resin? Yes. I'm telling you, man. It's, uh, it's nice. I, I, uh, I printed up uh, two of the Gladiator Reapers the other day. Mm-hmm. And so like I, I was like, okay, I'm going to put two Gladiators. They're going to be like uh, Eiffel Towering. <laughs> They're turrets. Yeah. And so uh, I had these like two Gladiators printed. It was a pretty big print. I had to like fill up about halfway. And uh, when they were done, I was like, all right, let me go ahead and you know, I ran them through the denatured alcohol, got them all cleaned out, washed the inside, everything. And then I let them sit out for a little bit and they dried up and I was like, okay, let me go and get these supports removed. Cause I do outside of the curing station into the alcohol. Then I remove the supports. Yeah. And so I went as hot as I could with the hairdryer, just like held it there. And I was like, all right, let me go ahead and take these supports off and just like, just like and these are heavy supports. These are big boy supports. Yeah, you're a little on ABS, like so, <laughs> ABS, like resin. Yeah, the first time I did that, I was like, "Ooh, that's gonna take some cleaning up." And then I looked, I'm like, "No, this is good. This looks great." And then I was just like using my gloves hand to just like use my thumb to just like wipe the supports off, and they're just like peeling away, and they're not leaving any of those little like divots, divots or dimples or anything gouges. like that. It was so nice. I was like, I was like Alexa. Uh, Make sure that Anna- actually, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, Alexa, announce, uh, Jake, come here. I need to show you something. <laughs> and so, like, Jake came over there. And I warmed it up. I was like, I was like, here. I gave him two towels. And I was like, go and pull these supports off real quick. He's like, okay. He's all, he's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. This apparently was what people feel like when they're doing it with hot water. I guess. But I'm just gonna start hair drying it from now on out. Hell yeah, man. So, excellent stuff. But yeah, so I painted uh, one singular model, uh, not quite done. I've got transfers put on it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've already got transfers on it? Yeah. You, you did not the- send me a picture with the transfers. I saw his black arm and all that stuff. You go pull up the uh, Work in Progress channel on the uh, Radio Free Isvan Discord and scroll up just a little bit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> God dang, Derek. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased with it. So... Oh, no, I lost. I thought I was doing good this month. <laughs> hey, you still got a shot if I don't get that banner. I got to almost print me a banner. <laughs> you <laughs> believe that? I got to now. Dude, Derek, that looks great. You yeah. even printed the shin? The Or painted the shin? Yeah, which, oh, oh the black and white. Yeah. The, the black and black and red cross pattern on the, yeah, that's all freehand, baby. It looks so good, Derek. Thank you. So he's still glossed up. Uh, I didn't paint the wolf pelts yet just because I was... Oh, so you haven't even matted him down yet. No, this is gloss. You're looking at him straight gloss. That's why the gold looks so messy. Oh, no. Because that's all just the actual gloss mess on my highlights. I can't wait for this to be in front of a... uh, a, What do you call it? Like a actual... Redemptor. Like display, like a... Like with a background, like white and all that jazz. Like a, in a painting booth. Oh, oh like gotcha, a, gotcha, a gotcha. photo booth. I thought you were talking about like next to <laughs> next to a real dreadnought. <laughs> oh, dude, next to Redemptor, little baby Castafarians, they don't even stand a chance anymore. Dude, I see people like uh, so. I was doing I was doing research for this model, and I was pulling up different uh, reference photos, and I saw a bunch of people making Redemptor uh, versions of the character. Yeah, I'm like cowards. <laughs> You're cowards. He doesn't use deserve your Castafarum Bjorn, and have him just tear an ass across the table. 
<laughs> Dude, I'll, I'm going to talk to him about it here in a minute. When I'm I don't, about I don't know game. if he's good on the table. I really hope so. I would love to see just this little, this terrible menace. Oh my God, that's adorable. So that's my Redemptor, Blood Angel, Blood Angel, Redemptor, Dreadnought, and then my Castaferum. And it's like, it don't truly ever, is. Don't ever talk to me or my son ever again. Yeah, that's this is like half the size of this a is, Redemptor. This is you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. Exactly. Oh, I love it. So... But yeah, no, dude, that looks excellent, man. Dude, I am so glad you're on the painting table again. This is my single best painted Space Wolf. And look at you. Like you're, you're, you, you, you paint with Pro Krill once. And- <laughs> <laughs> we like to joke around on this podcast. But one thing that's not a joke is the spike in quality you will see when you switch to Monument Hobbies Pro Krill. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the claw, that's not airbrushed. That's all just wet blended. Get out of town. Or not wet blended. It's uh, glazed. It looks great. So it's that whole red, and then I glaze over it with uh, Army Painter Pure Red. I mm. just water it down and just go take multiple passes. I did the same red for the uh, shin, and so I kind of tried to keep a little bit of that volume. It doesn't show up too well with the uh, gloss coat. I am green with jealous rage right now <laughs> looking at this thing. Are you going to uh, oil wash them at all, or are you just going to leave them? You know, uh, I don't have my old stuff with me. I need to go get it. Oh, I got some in my car. You leave with some if you want. Oh, no. I need to go swing by and grab some stuff anyway, and my old stuff is going to be over there, so I may as well, right? Because I see these rivets, right? Oh, yeah. You, I, I assume we were going to talk about the rivets. Oh, what's going on with the rivets? Oh, I just... <laughs> I, I know you did that that oil washing tutorial for everybody at the hey, uh, man. painting class. Hey, I'm just saying there's a... I'd be remiss not to do it. He looks incredible. He truly, truly looks incredible. I'd love to see him on the field and all that jazz. I finally found, because I've been digging through my stuff. I'm like, I know I have one of the old Cracked Earth Dreadnought bases somewhere. Finally found it. You know, I actually know a buddy of mine who does the, uh, you know, like how they uh, uh, acrylic coat cars now, or like they, they poly coat cars. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but they like basically coat cars and this stuff to like give it like this basically plastic coating on it to stop i think it's acrylic coating actually just to like stop protect the paint protects the paint makes water run off like keeps grime off of it everything like that i think i can talk to my buddy to get us some of that so that because you know the problem with these metal dreadnoughts is they were just like oh the paint ships off the corners for no reason yeah if you look at it too hard it'll the, chip it's yeah. chipping right now because we keep looking at this picture i'm yeah. pretty sure what's happening so so we should probably figure out that, that's why my desk is just covered in cork <laughs> he's he's uh i ship him in nothing but peanuts once he's done painted i'm gonna cast him in acrylic just this acrylic cube yeah and that's how and, and, and he's going to be uh uh what's it called in other games it's uh where they like cylindrify uh they call it i can't remember like in star wars legion they it's the uh, the base just translated straight up. For yeah, of the, the model. Room. I can't remember what the it's footprint called. Of it. The footprint. Yeah, it's basically the footprint of the model. So just like have a acrylic of him inside of his own footprint. Yeah, be perfect. Be beautiful. No, he looks great, dude. Absolutely looks good. Thank you. I can't nice. wait to see him finished. He looks like he's getting getting close. Yeah, like I said, still need to give him another gloss and then hit him with whatever oils or pin wash or whatever I'm doing with that, and then I still need to paint his pelts. So the metal wolf tails that are attached to the torso, yeah. those are long since gone. Those are gone since before I got this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I probably could have found the old metal ones from my old Bjorn somewhere because those things just never come off. 
couldn't find them. So what I did is I took a, a little hobby saw and like cut a notch and I took the plastic wolf tail and the little ring attached to it. I just sat it right in that notch. Yeah. And then those broke off immediately. I was about to say, I don't see those. So I'm curious. Yeah, that's, what a, that's a, that's a straight glue. Okay. Okay. Which is unfortunate. I was hoping to have a really clean look to that. Cause that's another like big issue with this specific model. Have you thought about perhaps uh, getting a pin vise and then p- drilling into those those tails, like basically nipping the ring, and then on the tail itself, drilling into those and then putting a little bit of uh, a paper clip in there and then using that to just shove it in and stabbing your dreadnought? Yeah, but what I was really going for is having that ring kind of like visible. Okay, yeah. No, I get it. Just so it looks like it's on like a little keychain, a little key fob. Yeah, and no, I get it. So uh, it was, that did not work out. That was exactly as flimsy as the old ones were. <laughs> it's okay. He still looks good. I wouldn't even know that he doesn't have his wolf tails because I can see some up there up top. Yeah, there's the, there's the pelt on his close combat arm, and he's got two little wolf tails dangling from his uh, sarcophagus. But they're blacked out right now because I hadn't painted the fur pattern. So that's that's still left to do. No, he's but, looking great. But yeah, man, it was a blast getting back into it. I, I didn't realize how much I missed painting. Did you drill all those barrels? Nope. Okay. Nope. That is a freehand little little holes. Yeah, because they are metal. So, yeah, that makes sense that you wouldn't drill those. Yeah, I probably could have if I was uh, dedicated to it. But I figure I'm going for this older style, just with, like, modern techniques. He's looking, looking solid, man. Looking Thank solid. You. And then, yeah, so I painted this guy up. And then... Other than that, just do more stuff on the house. I uh, got some lighting fixed up. I still need to tear apart the room I'm using as my studio so that I can access electrical stuff and get actual power. But was this at your house? This picture, or is yeah, this at this your? Is the the first model painted at the new place. Lovely. Your paint area looks well lit. Oh yeah. So that room, despite not having power, I've got two different circuits or two different uh, extension cords run into it, and one of them is powering like a powerful led work lamp yeah and then another one is going to like a a a power strip on my desk where my compressor is plugged into as well as my little hobby light i do like to i i like seeing that you are also getting use out of your uh, cork that was too small yeah so it's good stuff dude hell yeah i'm proud of you so hopefully i can get this set up where i can get more more chonky projects done but it's just, it was really fun painting something. It's like, this isn't for the game. This isn't for the army. I like, this is, for all I know, this is never going to hit the tabletop. Yep. It was just fun just painting something that was like in my backlog. It's like, yeah, I got this classic model and I'm going to paint it up someday. And well, maybe today's the day. Dude, like, uh, that, that's what I love about these painting competitions is, you know, you paint stuff that you might not otherwise have painted. That's what I'm saying, bro. My dreadnought that like in my in the painting competition, the dreadnought I entered in. I don't know if we talked about it last week, but we might have. I know you told me about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast with how you converted up the uh, the fist for it. Yeah, so uh, you just kind of like dug through your bits box. Like, how do I make this guy? Like, how do I get him fixed up? I had a Furioso dreadnought, the uh, the plastic version. He had no arms. He had legs uh, with no shin guards. And he had like it was kind of one of those things where I, I found a venerable dreadnought kit. Yeah. Like, mo- actually, when, when I went in my back room to go see like the box it came out of, 
It was actually a start collecting Space Marine box, and I guess it came with a venerable dreadnought. And then so we just like assembled like the dreadnought, and we're like, oh, we don't need the last cannon, and we don't need uh, uh, something else on him. And then he had those like super fancy shin guards, which I always hated, <laughs> but it's all I had. All I had lying around. So I like the only reason I put that guy together was because I needed a dreadnought for this competition. Yeah. And so like I found like I was going to 3D print stuff up for him and then I found actual plastic. I converted a contemptor arm and all that jazz and then got him tabletop ready, got him ready into the, I got him entered in the painting competition and then I painted him for the painting competition. Otherwise that model would still be armless and like sitting in my box somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I played with him this weekend and just, dude, we'll talk about that a little bit later cuz yeah. he did excellent. I love it. So Gone but not forgotten. Exactly. So you so you uh, uh back to painting then, huh? Yeah. Super excited about that. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna like like I said, I still have to tear that room apart completely, like get most of everything out of the room, including the big honking desk I've been using. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be able to keep this energy going forward. Uh hopefully it just spurs me to get that project done as quickly as I can so that I can get back into like real hobby. Yeah, who knows? You might have be painting up a pink model pretty soon from the looks of it. Hell yeah. Some kind of pink land speeder or something. Yes. <laughs> be perfect. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's pretty much me, man. Uh as far as what I've been working on, right? So I've been doing like a lot of uh 40k recently, like a lot of 40k games, playing, kind of get in bloody. Yeah, Angels couldn't help but notice. Yeah, it's uh so that's <laughs> taken up quite a bit of my time. Uh, but one of the things that I've been trying to like, cause it's one of those things where the, the state of 10th edition right now is kind of like, like you had kind of mentioned kind of like beta version. I don't know if you mentioned that, but I feel like that would have came out of your mouth. Maybe it wasn't. I, I've said that a lot. I like where the rules are at. I don't like where the, uh, the unit entries and the, the faction rules are, but that's because it's the free trial version. Yeah. Yeah. It's the free trial version of 40 K right now, which is not, like I think everybody's on a very even playing field. Yes, they are for the most part. Yeah, yeah. The people who know more about the game than I do will argue with me, and well, they, they are correct. So out the gate, Eldari, Imperial Knights, and Gene Steeler Colts—they were just like insanely powerful, just because of some of the rules that had gotten written for them. People yeah. took advantage of that. Yeah, Gene Steeler Colts, most all of your good units being able to just essentially come back on the table, having like without number, like yeah. to reference older rules. Well, like and. And some thing like, like I always joke around because like I talk about like when you look at it from like a Ryan Kimmel perspective on like how he would handle it, just analyze it and analyze, like sit back. It's like, oh, well, they come back when they die. It's like, oh, cool. Well, don't kill them. Yeah. It's like, oh, what? Oh, I'm going to charge them with my rhino. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's like ways you can, you know, charge them, hold back. I'm not going to consolidate. I, I don't have to consolidate. And so like you basically just have a space marine, just like people punching his stomach. And he's like, okay, cool. Like. Bet. Yeah, I'm not gonna kill you. Just wait till fourth turn comes around because it's only five turns. Yeah. So I was like, wait till fourth turn comes because I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, right? So either, either way, so everybody kind of gets these like there's there's kind of ways around stuff, but at the same time, can you choose not to attack in combat? No, not in this. Okay. Well, yeah, you can kind of choose who gets to fight, and like a lot of that is like how you move, but everybody kind of has to fight. Okay, so you can't just like neglect to fight the guy who's like 
swinging on your ankles. Yeah, but you can only fight too deep and determine who was it within yeah. too deep. So, so you it's use like, your consolidation to like minimize your number of attacks. It's like so you got ten people, but only two people are like actually able to fight. Yeah, and so yeah, you could just hold back, pull punches. Um, but, but that being said, like, uh, games workshop's been really good about trying to balance, like they're keeping a really close eye on these tournaments and all this stuff. And they're seeing like where a lot of these people are breaking the rules and they're immediately coming back. Like, Hey, we saw two majors. People started doing this. Well, like so, when you say breaking the rules, you mean like, like abusing holes in the system. Yeah. That we're like, never like breaking the system open. Not like actively like ignoring rules. Yeah. Well that too, but mostly well, you got to keep yeah. an eye on that too. Yeah. Watch, watch your opponent's dice. Yeah. So uh, straight up abusing the system uh, as it wasn't intentional. Like, like one of the big ones where Imperial Knights was, uh, they get an oath if you kill the, uh, the warlord. Mm-hmm. And so somebody would just bring an assassin that assassinates the warlord. And then it buffs the whole army with a uh, rerolls of ones. And all the knights high five. Yeah. All the knights like, <laughs> nice. Thanks. Assassin that we hired with our own money. <laughs> and he's all the gives a thumbs up and he's gone. Sayonara losers. <laughs> opens up his parachute while he's on the ground and just gets carried away. <laughs> and so, so yeah, so that, that's what was going on. So they made it to where it's like, okay, we're not going to nerf that for, from you being able to do that, but we are going to nerf the ability that it gives you. So now instead of reroll all ones, it's like reroll one, one per battle round. Yeah. Like, so that, not- and then the Eldari, like I think anybody could have told you keeping a six in your pocket until you want to hit that critical wound. So that instead of your heavy bright Lance doing 12 damage to one model, Oh, that's now 12 mortal wounds that the unit has to eat. Yeah. And, and then spear six space Marines real quick. Well, and you can you hold on to those on first turn, like like it, it used to be you could spend all your fate dice on first turn. Yeah, so, so it'd just be so like mega alpha. Sixes are like hell yeah, I got these sixes. Oh, this one's not a six, but I have a farseer. It's My farseer like, makes it a six. Yeah, and so it's like hardcore alpha strikes at the beginning of the game, all that jazz. And so. then your opponent just can't recover. Yeah, yeah, no. But now they've yeah, kind of curtailed a lot of that back. Uh, they. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous. It's it's active. Like that's what makes it so crazy to me is like how um because of the it being like in the in the limelight, this is the main show, right? It's actively like I think I've been playing this game for like three, four weeks now, and every week there's been an update for it. And it is a new edition, so you kind of want you want to see that. Yeah, but there's this is, this is definitely the the stage where it's going to have the most changes. Yeah, and so uh, like just yesterday, they they updated that Imperial Knights rule. Uh, there was some stuff that got updated for Space Marine. Pretty much every faction just got like a minor tweak. Yeah, and so it, it's pretty nice to like see some of that stuff. It's like, well, that's not going to be powerful anymore. It's like, okay, well, and so you're seeing like all these people who did not jump on this. I'm going to go buy all these knights or I'm going to buy all these gene stealers or I'm going to go gene stealer cold. I'm going to do this. Like now these people who are just like playing normal armies, it's like they stand a chance now. And if they were painting it coming up good, everything's looking good. So, uh, so I've been like essentially mathematically, I kind of figured out what makes sense for how I want to play. And essentially it's kind of the same way that I play my horse heresy army, which Horus Heresy, you have rending, so yeah. like that's kind of why I like double down on uh, uh, bell bell predators is just because I can dish out rending, so it's like so they get devastating wounds or something like that. That's exactly what I'm doing. Okay. So so like rending is regardless of what your toughness is, when I hit a six, it's going to wound you right at AP two at AP two, and it's going to push a wound onto you. So in Warhammer 40k, 
10th edition, that translates to what's called devastating wounds. So on a six to wound, it's a critical wound, which now becomes a mortal wound. Which ignores not only armor, but invulnerable saves. Yeah. It goes straight through and hits you. Yeah, I know, I know previous editions have had specific saves models. Some models have had against mortal wounds. Yes. Is that still a thing? Yeah, I think you can still get feel no pain against mortal wounds. Okay. So, uh, but that being said, I kind of like, it's like, okay, I liked that because you can, it was one of those big things where. like This will be useful against any target. Any target. The different. amount of dice I'm throwing, I can probably get some mortal wounds. And we'll, uh, with enough of this, it'll be done. Whenever, like, and, and really does come down to the same way I played it in Horus Heresy is like, look, my tanks aren't going to be good at killing everything, like anything. My, they're not going to be good at killing anything. Good. Yeah, they're not going to be great, but they will have a chance of putting wounds on anything. Yeah, if you run into me, if we are, you are within combat range, you are going to lose wounds and you are going to get hurt and you are going to get whittled down over the course of one to two turns. And so that's the exact mentality that I've taken over to 40K. And it kind of, it's, it's been working out. It's been really, really working out. So one of the big things I've been looking at in the 40K realm, uh, which is very cool because, like, essentially, if you think about in Horse Heresy, like, I went deep onto Bell Predators because of Salt Cannons. Well, in 40K, it's essentially... The exact same thing. You just just dish in deep to assault cannons, right? Because they're going to do like they have devastating wounds. Uh, so I was one of the first models I wanted to do was my Castafirm Dreadnought, which I painted up and got him ready. And then for the competition, I painted up his last cannon, but in my back pocket, I kept his assault cannon because that's truly what I wanted to use was the assault cannon. I don't have it painted up yet, I but it's ready to go, right? Like hell yeah, assault cannon. On deck, like I just want to use it for devastating wounds. It's not super efficient points wise, but it is what it is. He's a cute little guy. Yeah. So got him painted up. Uh, I got a Redemptor Dreadnought painted up because mm-hmm. he actually has a uh, uh, health like a a big ass Gatling cannon, a big ass Gatling cannon, and a little ass Gatling cannon. So yeah, he he can shoot like eighteen possible devastating wound shots. He's got a two plus armor save, and like you know. And then on top of that, when he gets mad at you, he just charges you and just fucks you, you up. That fist. Yeah, he, well, yeah, he just beats the shit out of you. Like, <laughs> there's nothing, no, no problems there. Uh, I painted up a Land Raider Redeemer uh, and got that fully ready to go. And I'm doing this all on stream, by the way. So I've been painting these on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And so I've been like, as I've been doing it, I've been teaching people, you know, hey, this is how you uh, apply decals, how you do this. Uh, I painted up two, last night, I painted up two Reapers. Uh, gladiator reaper tanks i painted up on stream i was like I, I i pulled them out of the printer last night and painted them on stream last night like got them clean got them washed got them going assembled yeah like <laughs> i set them to print on tuesday night and then wednesday afternoon they were on my table getting painted uh because i want mm. to try them i want to try the reapers and, and what's funny is like i've been painting a lot more stuff because I do it on stream now. Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of like a content. I got to keep myself painting. And so I'll stream it and then I have to do it at a higher standard because there's people watching me do it. Yeah. You can't just like, uh, Oh, uh, that'll be, that'll be all right. Nobody will see that. Okay. It's like, okay, well I've got it on camera and a lot of people see it right now. So I better fix it. So, so the thing is like, I don't like to go to the tabletop without painted miniatures. 
Right. And so I, <laughs> I was like, well, I want to try out these Reapers to see how they do. So I'm, I'm just going to print a couple, but I'm actually going to buy the models because they're kind of hard to find right now because the Gladiator Lancer, mm-hmm. which is like a kind of the d- Predator Destructor, floaty Predator Destructor kind of. Okay. Um, uh, it, it comes in the same kit as the Reaper, which is dual assault cannon. Gotcha. And so I want to use two Reapers, but everybody's buying these kits for the Lancer, and so I can't get one because they're all sold out everywhere, and Games Workshop has an issue with uh, uh, with keeping stuff in stock. They only make one thing at a time. Yeah. And so uh, uh, so I, I haven't been able to buy one, but I plan on buying one, so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to print these up real quick. That way I can play them on the table, see if they actually work. And if they don't work, then... Welcome to terrain. I'll, yeah, or I'll just sell them to somebody. And so then I was like, okay, let me just paint them up real quick. And then it was like, shit, there's people watching me. And so I've got to like paint them to a standard, like a, a decent standard, because I can't just get stupid with them. And so now I have really two really nicely painted Reapers <laughs> that are like 3D printed, <laughs> like Blood Angels, full decals. Like they've each got unit numbers, like everything. So like, Jesus. so like, so I hit up, uh, I hit up JD and I was like, Hey man, you want a couple of 3D printed Blood Angel <laughs> Reapers? <laughs> they look really good. I was like, here's the picture of them. Just heads up they're 3D printed and uh, <laughs> I uh, plan on buying other ones, but I just need to use these like, He's like, you know, I want to buy those. <laughs> like, you, you know, I do. <laughs> so, so I got those guys printed up, and then uh, I got some Stern Guard. Okay, I I I, print, I painted up nine of them. I know them, what those are. Printed up nine of them because I painted up nine of them uh, because I guess I can't count to ten when I'm painting. It's the second time I've done this. I don't know why I keep doing it. I'm I'm. This is literally the second time I've done this in Infantry Squad. You just the, accidentally made nine instead of ten? Uh, well, I don't. The other, the tenth dude just, like, gets left in the backside of my desk. I don't know what's happening. It's like a curse. But, like, truly, I, I, I did this with the Assault Intercessors, and now I've did it with the Stern Guard guy. Guys. Is, is this a sign? Like, one guy gets left out. So, I don't is know. Is this some, like, Zinch trick? It's gotta be, bro. This is the second <laughs> time it's happened. Zinch is nine, right? Because I swear to God. I swear then I'm counting these models I'm like two, four, six, eight, ten. Okay, cool. And I'm painting two, four, six, eight, ten. And then like I get them done and I line them up for their picture. And I'm like, where's the other guy? And I'm looking everywhere. And then I just see him laying gray. I'm like, what? I didn't even start him. <laughs> I didn't even prime him. And like he's like the assault intercessor. He's just like <laughs> like laying on the ground, just like running Screaming. in place. <laughs> I was like, what? And then I go get my stern guard. I'm like. What are you even doing over there with the assault intercessor? And so I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, now I've got nine dudes. Like, it, like you pay by the guy in in 40K. And what makes it even worse. Well, not, not right now you don't. No, it's five pay, or ten. You pay by the five or you pay by the more than five. Yes. So you may as well have the tenth guy because you already paid for him. So I'm paying a premium for nothing right now for my tenth guy who doesn't exist for both my assault intercessors <laughs> and my stern guard. And then every time I play now, it's like, why are you running nine dudes? Shut up. That's why. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought there was some tactic you were doing. No, I just... They can go in transports better. I don't know, dude. Shut up. <laughs> like, dude, I'm so mad. Like, why? Why do I only have nine guys? Twice. So, like, it's some zinch trickery. So, I'm painting these Stern Guard, right? Yeah. 
Tell me about these Stern Guard. I painted these Stern Guard, getting them going, got their armor painted. Um, I did their armor on stream, and I started their skin, got a little bit of their skin done. And then the next day I come back, and I'm starting to do trim. And, like, because trim work takes forever when it comes to infantry. Oh, yeah. Like, I can print up a tank in a night. But when it comes to infantry, because there's so many of them, little stuff you got to run through. I feel that. And so uh, uh, I did, like, I've got, a, I've got a system going right now where it's a, a black, white zenithal, red, burnt red underneath. And then I come through with a sponge, and I basically print or paint a uh, orange red uh, chips chips on them, which is like a wild rider red. Mm-hmm. But I use Pro Krill's uh, uh, bold pyrrole red and orange, okay, and made my own. And then so I, I use that chip it up pretty heavy, and then I chip it up pretty heavy with black. And then anywhere when I went too crazy with the black, I fill in with silver. To make yeah. it look like they chipped pretty heavy. And uh, for one, like I had mentioned previously in another episode, like that just traps people for some reason yeah, when I'm doing that live. Just like, yeah, it just feeds your stream. People just get trapped. People just watch it, whatever. And so I do that pretty much like every night. Like that's my <laughs> thing. Like it's just, I'm painting up Blood Angels. Like here's the chipping part. Have fun. Go. And I got Lord of the Rings playing in the background. It's fun stuff. Um, so on this stream, I was doing the skin. And I've been doing a uh, like a purple wash on the skin. Okay. I don't know if you've messed with that at all or. So I tried. I picked up a uh, flesh set from uh, oh who do, who made it? I think it's scale seventy five. Okay. And I picked that up from one of the years I went to Adepticon, and it's got a few different like shades in it, and one of them is kind of like this like deep purpley kind of undertone. Yes. And so I, I've experimented like washing that on with mixed success. Yeah, so so I've been doing, and essentially what I'll do is I'll paint like a flesh, like I'll do a brown, and, and what, what kind of works out for me as well is like I've been doing this uh, this red coat on top of that, and so like I start out with like a really red skin, and then I'll do a brown on top of that so it stays pretty warm, and then I'll come through with flesh, and then I'll go with a flesh wash, and then after the flesh wash, I'll do essentially like a purple glaze. So for the recesses and that purple haze like adds like a purple hue. And like, if you look at my face right now, like look under my eyes and everything, you see that purple hue that's in there. Yeah. Anywhere where the, the skin yeah. kind of gets thinner, you do see a little more of that, yeah. that yeah. warmth. Yeah. And, and so the, the actual flesh wash is going to like basically be the, the darker areas. And then the purple fills into the lighter areas and it just looks like a, like a, a tinted purple flesh wash is what it does. Okay. And then I'll come through with, uh, uh, actual flesh paint and like, like, and when I say like, this has been the year for me for painting skin, this has been the year, bro. Like this is like the year where I'm like doubling, tripling down on skin. Uh, yeah. I need to do the same thing where it's like, I just need to round up all of my miscellaneous space wolves yelling heads. Yeah. Just line them up. Be like, by the time I'm done painting this line of, you know, 20, 30 heads, I will no longer have a problem painting flesh. That's all I did. That's the same. That's exactly what I did. And so, uh, uh, and then obviously I'm streaming. So I've got this like massive head, like blown up in front of me. So I can't fuck up. Right. Oh yeah. So it's like, oh, this looks horrible. And in order to make it look good on that phone, zoomed in that closely, 
it looks great. Oh, like, like far away, you know? Yeah. Anybody who's got a photo booth for their miniatures, like I, I've taken, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked with this thing. I painted this thing really good. Put it in the booth, take a photo. And then I like zoom in. I'm like, oh, this looks terrible. Yep. Exactly. This exactly. looks awful. So I'm doing that all the time, right? It, 100% all the time. That's what I'm painting up. So I'm painting up these faces, right? Yeah. And I've got this guy in my chat named Ghost, who's a pretty pretty regular, and he goes, he sees one of my like my bald stern guard like veteran sergeant, and he tells me he goes, hey man, you need to uh, you need to Kratos that sergeant, and like I've already like he's matte coated and everything. He's done. He's done. And he's all he's all nah man. You need to. Well, his skin's done. He goes, you need to. Uh, Kratos him and I was like you tell you want me to put a transfer right here on his forehead he's like yeah put it do that and I was like okay all <laughs> so, right you're about to get dealt with and so uh I gloss coated his forehead and then uh <laughs> put this little baby transfer in there and then I was like the I was like you tiniest little blood drop you can find yeah the tiniest of blood angels transfer I could find and cut it out sitting there on stream. I was like, Hey, we're going to, I was like, uh, Alexa play Freebird, and, uh, <laughs> put this little transfer on his head. And then, uh, got that painted up. Yeah. I have seen this guy. This guy looks stellar. Okay. And so you can see where like I've done the, you can barely see a scar, but I did the, the purple scar like yeah. I've been doing. Yeah, so going over his eye. Uh, I used the micro pin for his pupil, for his eye. I painted his teeth. You also don't see, he has a gold tooth. It's uh, like, like people got really ignorant. What? Yeah, yeah, people got really ignorant in their request. And so, like, I just, I was like, okay, yeah, fine. So, so chat's just trying to stump you, like, hey, bet you can't do this. And, like, calm down. You're about to get dealt with. Yeah, you're about to get dealt with. Here we go. Boom. Here's a gold tooth for him. And so, he's got uh, this, these top teeth up here. He's got top teeth. One of them's gold. I did his tongue. I washed the inside of his mouth with some transparent red. So, he looks like he actually has, like, red mouth yeah like like the and the, then the, the inner flesh of his mouth yeah and then a uh, uh powerful windsor sam windsor the guy that paints with toothpicks yeah he came in and said hey that tattoo looks great it looks great he goes but if you want to take it to the next level and i'm like of course, I, of, course of course i do you know i need to he said uh you just is he saying this in front of everybody? Yes, in front of everybody. Then you can't not. Yeah, well, it's the thing, and that's one of the things I've been doing is like I've been really uh, um, constructive criticism in my chat. Mm -hmm. Like if it seems like it's constructive and it doesn't seem like it's uh, like I get just a lot trolling. of stupid people that troll me in the in the chat. But like for this, it was a um, hey, what you like if you you well, know you should try, you should try, and I think it will make it look better because. If you look at this, like, I've got no criticism on this. No criticism, right? I, like th this is outside of my wheelhouse. Okay, so the criticism that comes in, I'm listening. Yeah. All right, because it's like, oh, you saw this and still wanted to say something. Yeah, and it I was must like, be something. You're lucky. I know that you paint with toothpick or paint with toothpicks. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky. I, you're lucky. I know that you got Reapercon awards, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> he says, he says. You need to take your flesh paint, turn it into a glaze, and you need to glaze the tattoo so it looks under the skin and it looks worn. And I was like, 
fuck. <laughs> I was like, okay. So then I don't have a picture of it here, but I'll show you here in a minute because it looks great. Checks out. So, so yeah, so I I have my hair hair hair, hair logically uh, it follows. Yeah, so I have my uh my hair dryer, mm-hmm. which by the way that I can't be great for your audio. I, no, they love it. I call it ASMR moment. Oh, okay. And I tell them, hey, hair, ASMR moment's coming in. I blast it. They'll give me like ASMR gifts and stuff like that. And like, it's like, and what's crazier is people like it. Like people are like, like they like the hair dryer noise. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it sounds like. I've I, never heard it. Just have to assume it's just the Venn diagram of people who like watching miniatures get painted and people who like have that kind of, uh, maybe not that specific response, but just find that to be very pleasing. Yeah, well, I... Turns out people who like the process like the process. Yeah, well, the the hairdryer goes. But have you gotten busted? Because I know you used a hairdryer at one point. Is it back out? Not currently. Okay. I I have used it for uh, 3D printing. It's with my 3D printing setup. It's not with my painting setup anymore. Okay, here's the thing. I went three years without my hairdryer. Oh, my God. Okay. I remember at one point I had like a foot pedal set up. And I would just hit my foot pedal and it would hair dry stuff for me. And then I'd let it go and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Well, when I moved, I didn't bust it back out. I didn't bring my hair dryer back out because it was in the boxes. I didn't get it. But I knew I needed it for the airbrushing comp- the airbrushing uh, class. Yeah. So I got it out. I, I made sure I got it out. Well, finally, from the airbrushing class to my desk, I got the hair dryer back. Dude, I've been painting like an absolute savage. Because that hair dryer's back, dude. Yeah, like, if you're airbrushing in any kind of, like, if you're painting, trying to paint a single model and you're using an airbrush for a majority of it, that hair dryer is going to be invaluable. I am so glad he's back. I put Blood Angels decals on him that were messing up. I just, like, slapped him on it. I was like, <laughs> it was coated on. Like, you're a Blood Angel now, baby. Welcome to the Legion. Yeah. Dude, if, uh, if you're out there, uh, if... Chi hair dryers listening or Dyson hair dryers listening and you want to sponsorship us, <laughs> let me know. Cause say the word. Say the word, dude. I'm throwing away that whatever it is, uh, <laughs> cheap hair dryer I bought for the, for the whatever, first time. Whatever hair dryer they used at the Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that company credit card. I just steal no hair dryer. Why would I need a hair dryer? Oh my God. Mm. Oh. So good times, but yeah, got that painted up. He's now re re uh, redone. I did the uh, sealed, yeah, resealed. I did his guns now. I did his little cloak area. I did the purity seals. Um, I did a tutorial on the using that Pigma Micron pen. Yeah, I think you originally showed me that. To be honest with you, because I think um, you were doing that before I was. So I don't remember which project I busted that out for, but I had it on deck when I did my 120 grace layers mm-hmm. and I put way too much detail into them so that when I put them all on a table, there's just a blob of gray. Yeah. But if you pick one up and like, look at them, the, uh, the left shoulder pad has the, it's got the like tactical symbol, the way they're done on the spatials Legion decals where it'll be like an arrow. Yeah. But it's done in like Celtic knot work. Oh, wow. And I did that with that micron pen. And then I went over that and freehanded like a rune for like the specific squad. That's ridiculous. For okay. 120 guys, yeah. Yeah, that's next level. Yeah, it was, it was a ridiculous project. So 
that pen I used to make small lines <laughs> on my on my purity yeah. seals. And I want to say <laughs> that's what I got the pen for because I, I think uh, my girlfriend just ha- had them because she does art and yeah. she's an artist. And I'm like, hey, what's the finest pen you've got? She hands me that. And I'm like, oh my god, this will do. This is a uh, 1.5 millimeters. This is. Uh, <laughs> let me get a microscope. I need to see how big this thing is. Yeah. This is this is beyond the range of my calipers? So so yeah so that is what I what I used for uh actually I think it's point one five millimeter now that I think about it so you did that for purity seals purity seals and I actually did a TikTok uh uh video for it like you just go to Hobby Lobby get the pin and it shows the, and what's cool about it and one of the biggest things that I found for it was it's waterproof yes it's waterproof ink so when you because like what I do is I'll paint like uh. Because I want I want my weathering on my purity seals to look like aged parchment. Aged parchment when yeah. you and the ink is going to also age with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like to do like a clean. Here's you know my dark ivory. Here's my writing, and then I'll come through and I'll say, okay, we're going to weather the sides. We're going to go ahead and put some uh, like, like some brown wash on there, and I'll yeah yeah. So uh, it's really cool that you discovered that, and you've been using that to great success. Uh, I know it came up at the shop. We haven't talked about it here, but you should take a look at the Mighty Brush for decals. I've heard about it. They've got micro de- decals for like micro text. They've got decals small enough to do text on purity seals. Uh, Locker, he got a bunch because they had a bunch of really cool stuff he wanted to use on Titans. And so there's a few that I borrowed from him to like check them out. These decals work great. <laughs> I love decals. So let's see. Uh, the ones I used, because you'd called out one of my Ultramarines with the Vexilla for having the writing on the Vexilla. I bought a bunch of those uh, those sisters, yeah. sisters of Battle decals only specifically for those. Yeah, so it was either that or uh, I think one of them I'd done with decals from Mighty Brush that I borrowed. I think that one there on the right. Oh, yeah, the Imperial Gothic script. Yeah, and it's just varying sizes of text. They've got it in black text. They've got it in white text. They've got all sorts of sigils and symbols on it. And there on the far right are the perfect size for Vexillas. Oh, my goodness. Or extra long purity seals. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So anything you've got, like you put that on like your tank, you put that on like like you, you tell me that Blood Angels wouldn't just go absolutely crazy with that stuff. I got to try these. Before I recommend them to anybody, I have to try them. I will happily recommend them. I've used them, and they're great. So you have some of these? Uh, I've got some that I borrowed from Locker, because Locker has like a binder of decals. Okay, yeah, I need to... Like Locker figured out decals are the way, and he just started collecting them. Okay. Like he's got a library, and he, he was gracious enough to let me borrow a few of them, and I love them. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get... I will definitely pick up a couple of these... Uh, I think I'd done a commission for a local guy, and that's why I picked up the writing for, like, Purity Seals, because I was just like, yeah, the, he's, he's, like, getting into the game, and if if I commission this squad and do it, you know, regular, then it's going to be all right. But if I do it, like, crazy, then he's going to have to have me commission everything he does. Otherwise, it's going to look different. What does this mean? What is Retributor... I guess this is like squad symbols. Okay, that makes sense. Never mind. Yeah, kind of. That's like the close assault symbol and some other stuff like that. I know one of those symbols was like the tactical, the two arrows pointing in different directions. There's Very. a couple of different variations of it. Very cool. Yeah. I want to say they ship from the UK. Yeah, all of this was like VAT, so I assume that 
So you, you're going to want to put some lead time on that order. But what I've used was fantastic. Mm, sign me up. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. You just They got the Blood Angels on the uh, reviews page. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm down. So, so yeah. Now that I look at what the potential can be for my... Now that you've mastered the Micron pen, uh, prepare to just pack it away. Yeah, my whole thing recently has just been decal, decal, decal. Yeah. Like 100% decals. If you're out there and you're not using decals, you... You should be using decals. You're embarrassing yourself. I I have a 3D printer. I could 3D print shoulder pads. All day. Emboss stuff. All day. I can use Windows 3D Builder to emboss whatever I want onto stuff. I can just take any kind of image, any PNG I want, and emboss it onto models. I don't. Because transfers just look better. Transfers they just look better. Look better. quicker because I don't have to physically paint the embossed logo. It's just better. If there's Microsoft, microsets, all I need. Yeah, hell yeah. It's my new drink. <laughs> I go to the bar. So what am I ordering? Microsol. And Derek goes, Microset. <laughs> there you go. He gets the job done. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, that's what I've been uh, working on there. Um, You're doing great. Uh, it, it's been a good time. I don't know what you're gushing over my stuff for. Your stuff's incredible. Uh, well, I'm, I'm telling you, bro. That's how that's how I feel about your stuff. I look you, at that hand. My Bjorn looks great. You got that same amount of detail on this man's face. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. That that hand. You got that man's hand. Oh come on! It's just a it's just a little glaze. Look, my guy looks like shit compared to you. <laughs> Coming in, I only got nine guys. <laughs> Looking like an idiot for everybody. So, Sterngar, what are you doing? You're late for school. You ain't got your paint on. What are you doing? <laughs> so, what's that gray guy doing? Shut up. That's what he's doing. He's minding his business. That's what he's doing. Remember Chumbawamba? Of course I remember Chumbawamba. <laughs> when, uh, when your buddy's got the one model painted real good, so anytime his squad dies, it just shuffles over to a different squad and replaces somebody. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I got to do now. I got to play with one gray dude, and it's like, he's the first to die. <laughs> So, but no, that, that, that is where I'm at. That's what I've been working on. The quality is intense and the quantity is also intense. Every day, every day, every day. Uh, I do want to give a powerful, powerful shout out to somebody we're not sponsored by, but I could be sponsored. No, 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 no. (laughs) Uh, powerful, powerful cobalt keep cobalt keep. I don't know if you've seen my bases, but the bases that come with the magnet slots in them and uh, that fit right on their handle fit right on their handle that I love those bases because I get these guys like essentially I bought a a pack of a hundred bases from them and I think it was like 30 bucks for a hundred with the magnets included. Yeah, that's intense. And uh, that is a ridiculously good deal. The, it perfectly, perfectly fits into the slot. It's a 10 by 2 millimeter magnet, neodymium, fits right into the slot. It's perfectly flush with the bottom. And so I put, as soon as I assemble these guys, they immediately go on that base. I paint them up, throw them on my magnet rack, they're good to go. Like it is so easy. Hell yeah. And. It's quality, man. Like it, it's it's hard to explain, like because nobody really like cares about a base and all this stuff. But 
when you hold one of those bases, because it's got the T inside of it. Yeah, it's got those braces. Yeah. And that's meant to lock into the handle. But also it makes the quality of the base feel. Gives it a little more weight to the base. It's just. If they feel the only thing that I would want and the only thing I'm looking for now is 32 millimeter base toppers. Because yeah. I don't want to not use those bases. Yeah, I think. And, and resin bases don't have what I need. No. So I want to say I've found some on Colts. I know I found some toppers I use for uh, 60 mil bases for like jet bikes. Okay, okay. I bet they've got those in 32s as well. I'm going to need some. I'm going to need some because I don't want to go away from these 32 mil bases. At the bases. very least, I don't think it'd be difficult to, to take those and then just in your slicer or in whatever manipulation software you've got, just cut off but the top couple millimeters. Yeah, I was thinking about doing that too. These guys I'm just going to do in like a sand desert kind of. Yeah. So I'm not especially, really worried about these guys. Especially if people start doing stuff for the uh, for the new Legions Imperialis mm-hmm. because those use thinner bases. Yes. I think that'd be the right size for a base topper. Just if they've got certain sculpted details like for a cityscape the detail be the scale be way off right you just be these like marine kaijus which that could be fun i'm down for marine kaiju just having you know honey i blew up the marine (laughs) (laughs) what's up cabanda (laughs) they've got a planet of just tiny little people they're bringing into compliance (laughs) (laughs) we are exterminators (laughs) so but yeah, I got the Redemptor done. I got the Little Baby Dreadnought done. The Stern Guard. Stern Guard. Nine Stern Guard. <laughs> I got the... Oh, I got my captain done. My jump pack captain. Hell yeah. The one with the gold face. He got finished. And the Land Raider Redeemer. Nice. That's what I... Took all of those models, minus the Stern Guard, because I didn't have the Stern Guard done. I took those to a game on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that now. Let's go right into it. Uh, so it's 10th edition. Yes, sir. Okay. I have my models that I want to play with. Mm-hmm. And I want to see, like, I'm, I'm I'm still learning. I'm still getting into it. And so, like, I'm still learning about, like, devastating wounds, how that kind of works out and all this jazz. Yeah. Just trying to shake the, uh, the edition shock. So my army is not, mm, what's the best way to put it, optimized? Tuned. Yeah, not tuned, not optimized. It's just kind of like stuff that I thought looked good on paper mm-hmm. together, like good models, but I don't know exactly how they play. And so it's like, okay, well, it's a mix of like stuff that I have painted and stuff that I also think is going to be good. And so I just threw that on the table like as an amalgamation together. All right. So it's a Blood Angels army, but like not using Blood Angels rules. It's just using the generic like Space Marine rules, which is like Gladius. Instead yeah. of the uh, Sanguinius Sons or whatever. Yeah, so you're getting the uh, the combat doctrines, basically. Combat doctrines, right. And so uh, uh, my army was a Redemptor Dreadnought, my little baby Dreadnought, a Assault Marine Squad with led by a Captain with a Jump Pack, a Death Company Squad with Jump Packs led by Lamartes, mm. a Land Raider Redeemer... Which is uh, carrying nobody. I just had it painted, it's so it's just hanging out and shoots a bunch of flames at people. And a desolation squad, and a 
which the Desolation Squad is that hideous unit with yeah, the they've, they've the, got the, the super rocket weapons. Yeah, the the super frag missiles. Super yeah, frag missiles. yeah, those guys are good, very good. This edition. Yeah, the the rules are as good as the models are terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, a repulsor executioner. Okay, I don't know if you've seen that guy. I saw it, but man, all of the all of the repulsor chassis tanks just blend together for me. Like okay. you say, gladiator, and I know that it is one of them. I don't know which one it is. It's this one. That's okay. the repulsor executioner. Okay. So so repulsor. How many guys does it hold? Uh, six. Oh my god! They're just standing there. By the way, they're not actually. I know that's not the squad is transporting. So, th- like I said, this is what comes to mind that the movie about the tank, where it's like. But it's an APC. But look at the gun on it. You, just, yeah. you can't just spray paint. I'm a troop. I'm a personnel carrier on the side and have people ignore it. Yeah. So repulsor is like the hovering land raider. It's kind of yeah. the best way to put it. But also doesn't hold as many people as land raider does. Yeah. It, like a razorback kind of thing. Yeah. And then you have the actual gladiators, which are like your predators, which give up true capacity, troop capacity for, for, for guns, even more guns, y- less guns, but also half the points. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I'm running this repulsor, Land Raider Redeemer, which you're familiar with. Oh yeah, and then uh, uh, my baby dreadnought and my big dreadnought. Okay, now the boys on the field. When you see a Redemptor, they're huge. These are big boys. These are mad lads, right? These are yeah. This is hefty, hefty fellas. A little bigger than a Leviathan. Almost knight size. They are borderline armager, armager size, right? So they're they're they've got weight to them when you see them moving around the table. Yeah, you worry about them. Yeah, but a dreadnought, a little cast of farm, little cast, little cast of farm, which used to just be the pinnacle of fear. It used to be, oh, it's a dreadnought. Yeah. Well, now he's not really scary. No. Okay. He's not really the scary. Running thing. around like Tom and Jerry. Okay. So I'm playing orcs, right? Got Gazrakul Thraka, uh, Snake Rots in the army. Just uh, some, some dreads. Yeah, three dreadnoughts. There's a uh, a truck with 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 uh, a, some other special character like Beast Boys or something like that. Oh, some of the Beast Nagas. Yeah, Beast Nagas, not Beast Boy. That's a DC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the Beastie Boys. My Beastie Boys. Um, and so like my first turn, Snickrot can just like you know one of these orc boys. He can just like take his entire unit and go like, hey, by the way, instead of moving, we're just going to just show up. Hey, we've been here the whole time. Six inches, seven inches away from you. So not Nine inches away, minimum nine yeah. inches. Okay. And so uh, that's pretty significant. And so he's like, hey, which like, what's this unit? I'm like, oh, it's a death company, jump, jump death company squad. Because if they don't get the charge, they're pretty fucked. And they are also... Yeah, the getting the charge is a little bit more important in 40k than in 30k. Yes. Because that determines the order you fight in. Yeah, even if you have a, a power fist, you get to still use that. Yeah, initiative's no longer a thing. It's just, do you fight first? Then you, then you, you swing before everything that doesn't fight first. And everything that charges gets to fight first. So this Death Company squad, nothing but Thunderhammers. That's <laughs> all it's got. <laughs> Which doesn't hurt well, me, but it's hey, like you, definitely... You pay, you pay for the guys, and their equipment is free. Yeah, so... All Thunderhammers, well. all Inferno pistols. So, well. <laughs> it, but it's like a three hundred something point unit. Yeah, three hundred seventy points. They're they're pointed as if you're going to give them the craziest stuff, which then I do. Why would I not? Yeah. So Snickrot sneaks up this entire unit like directly next to my Death Company, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that fucking sucks. And then he's like, oh, by the way, I'm gonna go also give them like plus two charge, and so I'm gonna roll these dice and add two to it. 
And then you've also got like a command point where you can like re-roll just in case. Like there's ways to get that nine inch charge. Yeah. And so uh, he makes it happen. And then mm. Snickrot has precision. So he goes, hey, Lamartes. Ooh, 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 just like murders Lamartes in front of all the death company. Damn. And just like ruins a bunch of death company, like with all the, the boys and all that stuff. They fight back. They kill most of the squad because they're just, you thunder know, hammers. thunder hammering the shit out of them. And so it was like a, a mutual exchange of death. But like, I think I was on the losing end points wise. Like, but, you know, first turn, I was like, well, Lamartes is dead. That was my warlord. So immediately I'm like, this ain't well, going to go good. <laughs> this is not going to go good. So uh, I continue playing. Uh, he tries that exact same kind of maneuver. There's like basically he can teleport. It's called the jump. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. He de jumps another unit behind my lines and then fails his charge. Yeah. I know what that does from the, uh, the bond meme. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, uh, I jump in with my infantry and just like, annihilate him because they are blood angels at heart they're still assault marines they yeah. still got eviscerators they got all in my captain i go to town and just gunch that entire unit okay like pac-man like pac-man um now the thing is desolation marines they are they shoot indirectly and if they don't move they don't take any like uh penalty to it penalty for it and they ignore cover if they don't move and so uh my desolation marines are just sitting there just killing units that they can't even see. But in addition, it's the Zord uh, gun, man. Uh, yeah. Once that first shot hits, just smart, well, smart bullets. My dreadnought has this aura of like, Hey, don't fuck up around me. Cause I'm this old man. And so it's like a six inch aura and they get to reroll a one. And like each, each individual gets to reroll a one and like to hit, and so it's like, okay, cool. So they're re-rolling and all this stuff. And he's like, hey, don't fuck up around me. And like, like really, if you see my dreadnought, this little cast of Farron baby boy, he's he looks like a support character. Because like you, even next to these Desolation Marines that have this like mega guns and all this stuff, he still looks small. He doesn't look like he's doing anything. And then I don't know if you've seen the new, uh, uh, the new... Like the the orc dreadnoughts, I don't know what they're called. They're they're not killicans. The death dreads. Death dreads. The new death dreads. They're big. Oh yeah, they're big boys. And so he's got three they're, of those on the well, table. They're competing with the redemptor. Yeah, yeah. He's got three of them on the table. Okay. And my executioner is going, not today. Dead, dead. Like it's like whack a mole. Like this gun is uh, as far as like wounds wise, it does a d six plus four wounds. Like <laughs> so. Oh, okay, so it's like a battle cannon. Uh, it's. It's like a, uh, a, what do you call it? A, like a Valdor tank hunter is oh. the best way I could describe it. Like it picks out things. It gets two shots and goes, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you're dead. It just snipes tanks is what it's meant okay, for. Okay, so it's kind of like the uh, execution, not executioner, vanquisher. Vanquisher. It's like a, yeah, it's like if Space Marines had a vanquisher and then for whatever reason they gave it a fucking assault cannon too. And it flies. Yeah. And it hovers. <laughs> it doesn't fly. And it's a slow hover. It's not even a fast hover. It's like a, a trudging hover. Like normal tanks can drive faster than this thing can. It's a, okay, that's fine. Yeah, it does. It's like, yeah, it's it's not a like a... It's not better at everything than everything else. Yeah, drifting around. No, it's just like a lumbering little hover boy. Uh, so anyway, so I am uh, one-piecing Death Dreads. Like, pop, you're dead. Pop, you're dead, right? And, Plain whack-a-mole. And my Redeemer gets in there. Uh, there's a bunch of grots on a loca- on a on a objective. I was like, let me go flame these grots. 
obviously the Grats wouldn't, they wouldn't have lived in any edition versus <laughs> a Land Raider Redeemer. They're not going to live now against two flame cannons. And then uh, this be- these beast snaggas, they come out and they just beat the shit out of my Redeemer. Yeah. So they're like the counter charge for whatever takes out the Grats. Yeah. And, and they are tank killers, right? Mm. And so they murder my Redeemer, my Land Raider. And then my Redemptor murders them. It's like a one-for-one one kind of situation. Okay. And so slowly the orcs start dwindling down, right? And so uh, uh, at the end of the game, it's Gazrakul, a unit of knobs, who, for those of you who aren't familiar, they're big veteran orcs. Big veteran orcs. Um, he gets charged by what's left of my... Uh, my Blood Angels Assault Marines and the, Captain. The Death Company. Okay, the regular no, Assault No, Death Companies are dead. Okay, death, they're death they're long gone, gone at this point. Long gone, right? And so I have kind of like a, it's like, man, dude, I'm not really sure how I'm going to take care of Gazrakul Thraka because this is a, a big boy. Oh, yeah. And so uh, um, my squad's fighting him. He's just kind of like, oh, cool, Ripped, ripping them a new one. And then, like, fucking Leroy Jenkins, my boxy boy, goes running in. And now, in the middle of the table, I don't know if you remember the shock attack gun. Do you remember the shock attack gun? Yeah. it would. You'd feed goblins into it, and it would shoot. It te- yeah, it's teleportation tech that they use as a gun. Yes. Okay. Well, the thing is, the thing is, that thing hurts anything it shoots at. It's got super range. He's got it on the top of a building, so he can, like, see everything. And he's just, like... Killing Redemptors, killing this, killing that. This thing hurt so bad. I didn't know it was weak. I didn't know it was a weak, like, one dude doing all this damage. Like, I thought this thing was just, like... That's some, like, custom force feel. Yeah. So I'm like, just ignore it. Just hide stuff from it, whatever. And so my Dreadnought, he's got a last cannon. Okay? It's like, hey, you, stop it. Well, dude, I'm setting him up. He runs out there. He boxy boys, runs forward. And if you shoot at something, you don't have to charge it. So you can just shoot and like charge into something else. Okay. In this edition. And so uh, <laughs> I said, while I'm running, let me go ahead and do a single shot off on this thing. Hit a little pot shot. Little pot shot. He murders it immediately. And to keep in mind, my boxy boy hasn't done anything this game. He hasn't done any- He has solely been an aura of like help other people out. Like, just, like, coaching them. Like, he's just, like... It's a, like, uh, like your Redemptor's mom said, your, your little brother has to come play. Yeah. He's been Ted Lassoing, like, <laughs> my Desolation Squad. And so, finally, I'm like, okay, well, I've my dudes are dying. I'm going to go ahead and send this. He's got a close combat weapon. I'm going to send him in to go help them. Right? And so, he runs out there, and he goes, oh, he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And, like, walks out. One single pop shot at this... Shock attack gun kills it immediately. <laughs> Just off the table. Get rid of it. It's like, oh my God, that's all I had to do? Oh, that's all I had to do? Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. So immediately that's like some hundred odd points. So he's like, he's, he's only like 160 points, 120 points. He's not very expensive. Okay. So, so he's most of the way to his points back. Made his points back in one shot. Good job, boy. Good job. Going for the charge. Like this dreadnought has, in my head, charged millions of times. In, in his lifetime, right? Like, he's been given color now. He's like, he's a, he is a true veteran at this point. And it's like, okay, he's going to, we're going to charge him. It's a long charge for Boxy Boy. So we got to make this charge. 10 inches. Done. Landed. B- 
Big boy's on the way. He's coming in to help. There you go. Makes his charge. I'm like, oh, did you know that you can spend a command point to give him tank shock? You can give tank shock to vehicles. To vehicles. And, and the way tank shock work is you, you pick their highest close combat weapon, strength, and you get that many D6 dice to roll. And for and every six, it's like a mortal wound? For every four up. Oh it's my a mortal gosh. wound. Okay. Now, here's the thing. You, it's, you can get a max of six. That's the max that you can get from it. Okay. Okay. So, Dreadnought, before he even gets to attack, right, he goes and runs in to go help. Like, he just killed this shock attack gun and then keeps moving forward, just trudging along. Just like then, the Dawn of War intro. Just like the... Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. And so, he runs in... And then I say, okay, I'm going to tank shock with him. What's the strength? Because I'm going to convert that over to dice. He's strength 12, so you get 12 dice. So I roll 12 mm. dice, looking for four ups. He gets six of them. Perfect. <laughs> Perfectly what you would expect. So immediately, out the gate, six mortal wounds across. That's three orcs dead. Just out, of the, out the gate. Just get him out of here, right? Just murders them. Get him off my table. And then he gets to attack. And he has like something like, I don't know, six attacks, strength 12, like minus four on armor and all this stuff, like D6 damage a piece and all that stuff. Well, then he just cleans up everything else that was there. Just just beats <laughs> the shit like Dawn of War style. And then Juan, the guy I was playing, picks all that up and he goes, wow. He's <laughs> like... He's like, I expected that from the Redemptor, but not that thing. Like, what just happened? Like, Are you looking at the right card? Like, yeah. Like, essentially, yeah. I was like, wow, that thing. Like, he's like double checking the work. You know, it's like, it's like this thing looks very. I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an older code, but it checks out. <laughs> so, so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, man, dude. And I'm, so I'm talking to Juan after the game. I was like, hey, man. Like, imagine if I traded the Redemptor for two more of these things. It, pretty much. I was like, what? Like, I was like, when you saw the little baby dreadnought, did you worry about him at all? He goes, no, he goes, I didn't pay attention. I was like, I knew he was buffing your desolation squad, but I did not expect him to do anything. He's like, he might as well have been a rhino. Like, for like <laughs> I was like, you never underestimate boxy boy, the boxy dread homie. <laughs> like, cause he's going bite you in the ass. Like he literally like last game. He just like, you know, last, last turn of the game. Right. He just comes out and just like, you know what? Fuck that thing. <laughs> this squad, y'all need help. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, if he was like, if he was in it the whole game, he would have just been ripping. <laughs> like, it just, like, if I would have straight up, like, Pacific Rim style dropped him in, like, with a, from a Storm Raven, because Storm Ravens can carry dreadnoughts, and just go get him. <laughs> Unlatch him, drop him in, and he just goes to town, dude. Like, mm. yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. It was like, that was a baptism of fire for that dreadnought. My Redemptor smoked. <laughs> smoked. Like, dude, Redemptor hey, goes in there dead. Sometimes you just have to accept your target prioritization award. <laughs> and and little baby dreadnought just like, oh, nobody paid attention to me. Now, Juan has a healthy fear of dreadnoughts now. Like, baby dreadnought, baby oh, cast yeah. But in my head, it was like, well, that's coming every game now. I'm going to figure out a way to take three of those bad boys. All right. So... Having played some 10th edition now, what do you think? I like it. I want to, yeah, I'm in. Sign me up. I'm in. I'm game. <laughs> All right. So compared to 30K, like, uh, like what are you thinking? Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking for better or for worse. I'm just looking for uh, interesting differences. Okay. The best way I can describe it is 
Do you remember how Battletech has normal Battletech and then it has Alpha Strike? Yes. 10th edition is the Alpha Strike version of Warhammer 40K. Or Horse Heresy. Okay. Like, uh, there is so much stuff. Like, I play the game a lot slower because I'm afraid of, like, gotchas or I'm afraid of, like, oh, it's like, oh, what does this weapon do? What kind of effect does this weapon have? What does this do? I'm going to step on a rake and trigger some kind of stratagem and I'm going to walk right into it. Yeah. 10th edition doesn't have any of that. Like, it doesn't have any, like, special shit. It doesn't have a, oh, now this is going to be difficult terrain, all this stuff. Like, this is going to, or like, oh, you walked through that terrain. Now, infantry just walk through whatever the fuck they want. Nothing slows them down. Their charges just happen. Everything is just, like, baby simple and for like speed and, and to my knowledge a lot of that is set by the uh the campaign rule system so like the leviathan box has its own leviathan match play guide sure i, I think i have no idea okay that hadn't come up yet i haven't needed it because I, I know there was an issue somebody was having with like uh gray knights and deep strike Oh, that has to deal with the mission yeah, allowing it first turn. Because normal the, the normal, missions is like based on the Leviathan mission packet. Yeah, but normal rules don't allow reinforcements on first turn. Yeah. Which has like always been a thing. Right. So. Okay. So like, but there's like a single mission that will let you bring in reinforcements on first turn. Gotcha. So like, it, it, there is a mission that would allow that. Okay. So. But like core rules, I just remember hearing that there's like, okay, well, the mission packet, like the the Leviathan missions have rules that supersede the regular rules. Some of them can. Yes. Just like that's kind of like not like the addition, but like, okay, playing in different seasons of the game can have slight variations. They'll have separate missions. Yes. Okay. And uh, one of the things that like, do you remember like the tactical cards that we would like play with in uh, like the Adepticon cards from... Stiff yeah. one and two. Yeah. So you can play with those cards that make the mission change as you're playing it. Yeah. You have dynamic secondary objectives. Yes. That is fun as fuck. I okay. love that because if your army's not well-rounded, then you can just get secondary objectives that you just can't do. Right. And, and, and things get a little bit more difficult because there is kind of this, uh, like, if your army is really good, you can get up there in, the, like, the hundreds of points. Like, you get, like, 115 points, something like that. Like, if your army's like, just exceptional and you're just, like, running the table. They're like, oh, this, this mission will give me 20 points max. This mission will give me 15 points max. Like, if every turn you're just killing it, right? You can get up there in, like, 100 points and, and it's pretty significant. Like, okay. So, but, no, I mean, it, it's fun. It's fun. It's, it's, it's a lot quicker. Um Right now, I'm in this, like, honeymoon stage, if anything. Like, it's not really, like, it's something different versus, like, Horus Heresy. Mm -hmm. And so, it does feel like a completely separate game with models. So, like, it could just be, like, Battletech, or it could be, you know, War Machine or something like that. It's just a completely different game right now for me. Gotcha. It's got a lot of the same, you know, feel to it, but... The, the transition was difficult because the way you make assumptions on like, oh, this is a last cannon, so this thing should be able to one-shot a tank. It's like, no, it can't. No, that's or, not how the edition goes. Yeah, yeah. It's so a, a lot of those assumptions you make coming from like a 7th edition mindset to this is like not going to be there. Everything has wounds. Everything can hurt everything. It's just a little bit harder. 
Um, everything lives a lot longer. That was kind of like one of the the reasons why I went kind of tank heavy, which is kind of a dick move. Like truly, if you think about it, is uh, uh, if you're killing an infantry squad, they lose uh, reliability as they get dwindled down because they're losing guns. Whereas a tank will have the same level of reliability throughout its entire you know 16, 15 wounds, and so it's a uh, it's one minus of those, like a minor ballistic skill drop. Uh, at the very end, yeah. the last day, like eight, last twenty percent of it or so. Okay, and so like that, it's just one of those things where like yeah. mathematically, yeah, this, this is effective. This is as effective for eighty percent of its life as it is on the turn one. Whereas as I lose models from my infantry squad, I start losing more and more shots. One of the other things I really like about it that's uh, like I'd be curious to see how it would translate to horse heresy because I think it would work in horse heresy. I just think it might take some tweaking points wise um there is no force organization chart right. so there's a like everything has what's called objective control and so essentially um every individual model has a level of an oc objective control and that's how you determine who actually owns an objective is yes. how much objective control is within engagement range or within control range of the objective. Right. So like battle line squads will have like three OC a piece, a 10 man squad. That's like a 30 OC, like sitting there on the objective. If you come in with a land Raider that has like three OC by itself, it's not doing shit. Right. So you've got to clear everybody off that objective. And I would say that like game wise, where like a, a two man tactical squad could out OC a land Raider, that makes sense that this squad on this objective is more valuable than, than this entire land raider versus a hey no vehicles can capture any objective i didn't i never really like that kind of idea behind it uh so seeing like now it's like oh i need you to capture like because you get your cards like you need to capture objective five and so i was like well that's right here next to this repulsor let me go ahead and move this repulsor out of the way and then I'm going to get five victory points for capturing this objective this turn because nobody else is on it. Whereas if there was a Gretchen squad or like a, you know, another squad on there, it's like I've got to get them off to let my repulsor actually cap be able to capture this objective. It makes your target priority change and it actually makes the game feel a little bit more alive than just trying to like table your opponent. And so, uh, and I feel like that's kind of like what Horse Heresy has been like feeling like lately is like, is land on the objective, stay on the objective, keep everybody like it's king of the hill, no matter what you look at, right? Yeah. And so, uh, and and I know in previous edition we've played with like those Adepticon, you know, tactical objective cards and all that jazz. I think we probably need to look at bringing those back. Okay. Just so the game feels a little bit more alive, more dynamic, more dynamic. You get a little bit more um, quality out of your game, and it's not a hey, I'm going to fear you off the table or, hey, I'm going to, you know, vanquish you off the table. It's a, well, you didn't do anything this game, so, like, keep people from turtling on the table with the last cannon squad, right? It's okay. like, if you're not willing to get into your enemy's deployment zone to get your 10 points, then you're not going to be able to win this game, right? Right. Because I think that's where, like, a lot of what I've seen like heresy wise, like even in the siege of Sithonia rules, like yeah, even with the stratagems, it, the, and the new core missions, they are still pretty vanilla. Yes. 
the main thing they changed is now the 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 less turn count, mm-hmm. and then the, the stratagems just kind of like change the setup, but the game's still the game. Yeah, and and, and it's kind of one of those things where like we've kind of discussed and some of the things that we've seen, and it's like everything evolves into crabs, like truly everything is moving towards a gunline army. Like gunline yeah. armies are doing very well now, right? In the game because nothing is making you move around the table or go to enemy objectives, go to enemy deployment zones, anything like that. Okay. And so so having that uh, that kind of random secondary objective baked into the game. Yes. And that was one of the big things about this mission I played on Saturday against the Orcs was there was missions where it was like, oh, no man's land. You need to get a model in a no man's land for two points. And then if you're the only model in no man's land, you get five points. And if there's no enemy models within 10 inches of no man's land, you get like, you know, eight points or whatever. Like really, really dynamic that's a, missions. That's a big ask. Yeah. Because that's just no man's land is just neither player's deployment zone. Exactly. And like in the middle of the table, you know, you're, you've got to get a model, find an objective that's in the middle of no man's land or in no man's land. It's like three possible ones. And you've got to... Not only get there, you have to be mobile enough and your army has to be fit enough to make that happen within a reasonable time frame. And essentially, and what I like about it is your card lasts for as long as you can get that objective done or you can burn it. Okay. So if you say, like one of the cards you get is get an enemy deployment zone. I can't fucking do that, right? There's no way that I can do that. I can't make it to that end of the table. I can't get over there. You burn it at the end of your round. And next turn, you draw another card and hopefully get something you can do. But there's different cards in there, and it kind of reminds me, like I said, of those Adepticon cards because we we like we made our own too. And some of those were like, kill the enemy warlord or, you know, kill off a monstrous creature or a vehicle. And that takes away, like, if you were a linear army of gun line everything i see is dying and now it shifts for whatever reason oh i have to get my last cannon squad into my enemy's deployment zone yeah or i have to kill a vehicle this turn and so it's like i could like i was initially just i was going to kill this dreadnought in front of me or i was going to kill this you know it's like but it's telling me i need to kill an infantry squad so now i'm it's like do i not shoot this dreadnought and shoot this infantry squad, or do I need to kill this dreadnought because it's going to come after me? It's going to do something to me, you know? And it opens up all these opportunities to where, like, even as an opponent, right? So if I was in a tank and I knew I was dead, like I'm on two wounds left, and then you get the card drawn, kill an infantry squad, and my tank lives for another turn because you're getting the points out of it. It makes the game fun for both of us because you're, you are getting points not killing models okay and so it's a it it feels different right because like things happen and you see your opponent do something that has no bearing on you like it's it's a lot less of a hey i'm gonna murder that unit it would otherwise be a less optimal strategy but because of the secondary objective, they get points for that. And so yes. their target priority changes and things that you might not have expected to survive this turn 
you get a little more turn. You get like another turn with it. Like there was a point in the game where a dreadnought, uh, a, a death dread was set up to target and r- charge my redemptor. Like it was ready to happen. I was braced for it. I was like, my redemptor only has like five wounds left. I'm not going to survive this. It's be done. And then he ran past me to the middle objective. And I was like, oh. It's like, I just lost out on points. But the obvious answer didn't just happen. And this redemptor didn't just die. And to me, I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, that was fun for both of us. Like he got five points and I didn't die. Right. So like we both had fun. Whereas like if he would have just charged in, murdered my dude, he exploded. We both lose. But instead, next turn, I got in. I charged him. I still died. But at the same time, this whole dynamic of like, hey, the obvious choices aren't getting taken. We're doing what we need to do. Like uh, it. I, I know it sounds weird, but it's it like feels more narrative than and, and less does. personal. It's not like I'm here to beat your ass. Like, Hey bro, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> like I'm just doing my job. I got, I got to get these computers. <laughs> like I got to get these hard drives out of these computers. So, but seeing that in 10th edition, like seeing that drawing those cards, those, and like truly it's one of those things where you draw a card and you go, man, I've got to kill a dreadnought and your opponent's like, Ah, oh, you got to kill my dreadnought. Like, okay. It's like, oh, I got it. You know, uh, that's what the card says. It's with the, yeah. the boss, oh, man. Hey, he called in. He said he you needs know. you to kill your dreadnought. Chapter master says, yeah. Hey man, I, I thought we were cool. I was going to kill you at some point, <laughs> but I got to, we got to fast track you to death. <laughs> so, and you're just like, Oh, you got to kill a dreadnought. Run. <laughs> you cast a fair. I'm just like waddling away. <laughs> you just see his ass. <laughs> just, <laughs> Get out of here! Just the, the repulsor and the land raider just like go and like try to block for him. Yeah. <laughs> Run, little buddy! Run, boxy! <laughs> Survive! <laughs> so, yeah, it, it changes the changes the element of the game where it's like you know. So, because okay. one thing that I'm kind of jealous of with 40k is the the amount of like balance they do. Yes, it is like, very balanced as well. I think heresy needs a pass with some of that just for the sake of not evolving to the obvious crab of last cannons and snipers. Yeah, that's what it is right now. That is like like last cannons, Daredeos and uh snipers. Snipers. That is what everybody's list is evolving into. And it that's it. it they're good. And, it, and eventually the meta will evolve into. And so uh, we'll get that list is one of the conversion beamers soon. Yeah. You see, and then you see the list that's good against that list. And then perhaps even another list that is the scissors to the rock that beats the last cannons, but uh, automatically loses to the paper that is the last cannons. And then we just have your classic three list meta. Like any type of competitive format without frequent balance changes typically evolves into either a one list meta or a three list meta. Like that, that's how it was with like competitive card games. That's how it works with a lot of stuff I see where it's like you get these three and then you might get some rogue stuff that just happens to be good because nobody accounts for it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that's a, a like, I think there's a, and we might, we might have to work on it. I mean, we, I mean, I think we can probably do it. We could probably sit down us with the TFL guys oh, just, just sit down and just make cards. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to do that pretty soon. And then just add it to, to a format. We're like, Hey, 
this mission doesn't use secondary objectives. It has this system for secondary objectives. Yeah. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Athena, you too. You're, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're on the clock. Uh, but you know, that is, that is what I have. That is all I have. And it's a good time. Hell yeah. Uh, so I got to see a couple of, uh, a couple of turns of the game. And one of the guys said something that really stuck with me. So, Uh-oh. so Rick had said, you 30 K guys just looking at the table, you all have a way of playing and I love to see it. Or he said something to that effect. We're just like, just looking at the table. He knows you play 30 K. Yes. Do you know what specifically he was keying into? Cause I sure don't. Oh, it was the, uh, so 40 K players, he, the, the reason why he made that comment was because we're so, uh, you know, like when you see a, an animal that has been like attacked and so like, it's really cautious whenever, before it does anything, that is the 30 K players. Whereas like 40 K players like shove their model up and like put it there. Like there's no facing, like that's one of the big things I hate is when they, uh, they like, they'll have a model like I'm a charge and they just like. They just like a chess piece, move the model over there. And it's like, it's backwards. Like turn it, <laughs> turn the fucking model. Like make he's him looking, charge. He's looking the wrong way. So he's, like he's running, but he's not running correctly. So that's a, that's one of the big things about a, a 40 K is a, yeah, cause there's no, there's, there's no, no vehicle value. There's no vehicle facing or anything like that. So like a tank that's doing this is like, like heavily looking at you, but there's no, like, I don't yeah. need to be looking at you to shoot you. Yeah, the, the guns don't have fire arcs. There's no front armor versus rear armor. And if you can see half my tank with this guy, but there's a building here, I can just do this. <laughs> and like yeah, now you, you can face the tank such that. Yeah. And so like, if you watch like a 40 K player play, like their models are all facing the wrong way. And like, they're like stuff is charging you backwards and all that stuff. But like, in like, I'm a horse heresy player. So like facings matter to me. So all my tanks face you and like I'm moving my models like to face you the entire time. And I'm like, I'm moving my, when I charge you, all my models are turned and like swords are coming into you. Whereas like 40 K players are like asses on me. It's like, Oh, he's grinding on me. He's grinding on me. <laughs> What's the Simpsons do where he's like crying. And he's got like the two girls dancing on him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. So, uh, Okay. And then we're like meticulous on like how we like think about our moves. It's like, okay, so so what does that model do? Like where is the return fire going to happen? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, what does this guy do? What is his guns? What do your stratagems do? If I shoot at him, do you get to shoot me back? It's like, oh, I don't even know. Let me check. You know, (laughs) fuck. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) It's like, damn it. I shouldn't have said nothing. The only thing that throws me off in like 10th edition is uh, you get too excited when like critical things happen. They're like, let me see if I pass this last armor save. Roll, fail. You're like, fuck yeah, eat a dick. And, like, <laughs> and then they're just like, I'm going to go and command roll that. <laughs> like, no, oh. no. Oh. What am I supposed oh. to do with this now? <laughs> like there's this, there's this, uh, Gazerkul has a, uh, uh, a, a Gretchen, like a Grot that follows Macari? him. Yeah, Makari. Makari Banaweva. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got a two plus invulnerable save. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that sucks, okay? <laughs> like, he's, he's the luckiest little grot. That's why he gets to be Makari. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I'm like, later, Gazrakul, fire two shots with the executioner into Gazrakul's fat ass. And it's just like, suck a dick, boom, boom. And it's like, oh, one goes through. It's like, oh, that's D6 plus four. Gazrakul can't survive this. Gazrakul can't live through this. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to use Makari. Yeah, Makari will take the shot. And I'm like, I'm, what is a Makari? And he's always like, oh, he's a he's my crot. I'm he's like, a piece of war gear that Gazgul has that eats wounds for him. I was like, a two up and save. I was like, oh, it's like, yeah, it's a two up save. I was like, well, it's minus four. It's like, oh no, it's a two up and vulnerable save. I'm like, what did you just say to me? Excuse the fuck out of me. What did you just say? <laughs> say psych right now. And so he rolls. It's like, boom, it's a one. I'm like, oh, eat it, Gazgul, <laughs> you bitch. He's like, I'm gonna go and command re-roll that. Oh. What? <laughs> like. <laughs> But if that hadn't happened, my dreadnought wouldn't have been able to go in there and show them how handles to handle business, business yeah. you know. So, okay, because I was like, is it something with like list construction? Is it like the qual- like the the paint quality of your model? Like, what what has it got to be? It's probably all of the above, to be honest with you. Because, I mean, to be fair, I, like when we went to uh, uh, the Heresy at the Alamo at the Battle Barn, I took a stroll through the forty k games. I didn't see nothing that I wouldn't be proud to play against. No, absolutely. Everything not. there was painted immaculately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was like, I don't think it's a statement on on army quality. And I was looking at your list. I'm like, this doesn't look like vastly different from other 40k stuff I've seen. So it's like, that's just kind of been marinating. Like, what is it about playing heresy that we bring to the table? It's very obvious, like facings and all that jazz, and like charging, and like, okay, and then how slow we play. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just because we're scared of everything. Okay, we're scared. Okay, well that I also blame the edition shock a little bit because I've played like how many editions of 40k have I played? Probably like so fourth, fifth. I skipped sixth. I played a little bit of seventh with the last edition of Heresy, and then this edition of Heresy. If I jumped into 40k now, there'd be five different versions of Warhammer I played. Yeah, it'd take me a minute too. You can consolidate into the enemy again, by the way. Yeah, just like fourth edition. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, bro. I was like, what are I've we doing seen, here? What are we doing? I've seen a bloodthirster walk through 2,000 points of Dark Angels. Uh, yeah, it was back. <laughs> it's back, baby. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you had a good good time. It looked like a blast. It looked like everybody had fun. Yeah, man. And it, it it's uh it's definitely one of those things where uh I don't know, man. Everybody has a good time when they're kind of playing it. And I think a lot of it has to do with those cards and just like little victories and i think you know and i I hate to say it because did you watch that interview the other day with uh um the ex developer for he's like the ex chemist for games workshop that developed the contrast paints i've i've seen it i haven't sat down and watched it yet it's great it's 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 an incredible podcast interview um and he basically is talking about when they were developing contrast paints, they were trying to develop something that would get you from tabletop or from box to tabletop quicker, but also would feed your dopamine receptors. Cause they went based on like a video game style. They said, Hey, Every time you put a model down that looks close to the box art, you're going to have those little dopamine kicks. It's like, hey, this is a good looking model. I want to paint more. I want to 
build more. I want a bigger army so like my army can look like this, you know, white dwarf magazine or this and that. And so they like the quick so they developed the paints with that aspect in mind. That's wild. And I feel like if because he was talking about how their discussion was based on how video games are now, where it's that constant dopamine drip, yeah. right? Weaponizing your neurochemistry yes. to get you to spend the money. Yes. And I think with that thought in mind... They probably applied the same mindset to the gameplay. Yes, dude. Yes. And, and if you think about it, okay, I give you three cards for your turn, and you have these little missions you got to take care of, right? He's like... At, at the at every turn that you play, every one of your turns, if you get one of those missions taken care of, you get, you a, get little, a little bit of dopamine in I there. Get, I get one marshmallow. You get one marshmallow in, yeah? But if I don't eat the marshmallow right now, I'll get two marshmallows. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> it's, it's, it, 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 it seems like what they've done, because it's not like a, it's not a black or white situation. It is a... Uh, what if that's the next development of the cards? If you complete this mission, you get this many points. Or if you complete this mission a little bit harder, they do that. That's already there. That's already there. Like that is like that is part of the the core. It's like if you because you, you when you when you burn the card, it is like like bring it down is one of them. Like bring it down is kill a model with ten wounds, and then it's like oh kill another model with like 15 wounds. And then it's like, at the end, it's like the max points you can get is this. And so it's like, you burn this down for the 10 or, you or there's save still this. a knight on the table. If you take that down, instead hold on to this card because it's actually worth more points later. Don't burn this card yet. Like if you burn this card, you're going to get 10 points and then it's burned and a new mission. Or you can hang on to this and next turn, get the knight down. He's a 20 point card. It's like, so is he hurt? Do you want to try and kill him? What are you trying to do? It's like, so I'm going to kill this land raider, but I'm not going to burn this card for that land raider. So, okay. And so like, it, it truly is like marshmallow now or two marshmallows <laughs> later. So Man. after that interview, I watched that and I think to myself, it's like, okay, there is a possibility. Like if they're talking about it at the painting level, they've got to be talking about it at every level at the gaming level. They have to be talking about it because they're going to be trying to compete with, you know, video games and all this stuff. And if anybody's even looking at how video games operate now, then they definitely have incorporated that into the main game. So do I think it's fun? Absolutely. Like, I don't care. Like if I complete five, of my missions, if, I, it, if it makes the fun game, it makes the fun game. Because what was the, what was the dopamine drip before killing units? Right. That was it. Like, if I killed your unit, if this model killed your model, I'm having a fun time. Yes, thank God. You know, yeah, I killed your commander. I killed your tank. Yeah, I killed my dude your chainsawed your dude. Yeah. It's like, well, not everything can do that. Not everything can be this kill dude, kill dude. And so we're going to give you a way to where your five-man tactical squad or your 10-man tactical squad or 10-man intercessor how, squad. How do, we, how do we make the more mundane moments in the game a little more cinematic? Yes. How do we make this dude just running across this imaginary line? How do we make that an event? How do we make that something to celebrate? Exactly. And they did it. So now we just got to can that and bring it over <laughs> to Horse Heresy. Okay. So, yeah. There's that. That's what I took from playing 10th edition for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we cracked the code. We got the game figured out. We're here to save heresy. 
We're here to <laughs> save heresy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we save it by turning it into 40K, but I do think it is it is worth looking at and seeing what's working, especially when applied to issues we're having with heresy. But yes. Man, it sure looks like the solution is, hey, can we get a balance update? I know with the black books, it was like, hey, we don't want to invalidate anybody's black books unless that book happens to be book seven. Yeah. Yeah. But it sure to me feels like the game would be a lot healthier if you could only react once per turn with any given unit. Sucks. (laughs) (laughs) But auger scanners are a problem. (laughs) It'd be nice to know that if they blow that on my, uh, my deep strike, then I don't have to worry about overwatch, but that's not the, it's not the game we're playing. Yeah. Reactions are rough right now. And they, uh, I, I personally feel movement reactions are a little more powerful because that does let you move. And that's not a penalty for your shooting. And that your placement is always going to be key. And so turning off reactions for that unit for the rest of the turn, I think makes them a lot, it makes you a little more hesitant to use them. Yep. And, but that's just my off the cuff. Hey, if I had to make a change and that change was law immediately, that's one I would comfortably make. And I don't care who adds me. So here's the thing on 10th edition is you have command points. Right. Okay. Things like Overwatch they don't disappear that you can overwatch a unit right in their own movement phase. It doesn't have, they don't have to charge you like that. As but, soon as they move a model and place it in the movement phase, you can overwatch them with another unit, but it costs you a command point. Yeah. And so your command points are finite. There's not a, you know, you get one every command phase and every command phase is per battle round. You have two command phases, one, your opponents and your own. So every command phase, it's, you get your command point, they get their command point, you get their... And so some com- some stronger things like the the uh, heroic shot. intervention and stuff like that, those are two command points. And so... Uh, so that's eating your command point allotment for this entire game turn. Yes. And, and so th- there's, a, there's a pretty strong reason to save your command points for, for very specific things. And so if reactions worked more like that, it's where you're allotted so many reactions per battle round, I think it would kind of change the, I mean, it would change the entire scope of the game, but I think it would kind of bring the game into a more, it's, we kind of are, it's just the issue is with things like Augury scanners, which disrupt that entire economy. Correct. Which I don't, I don't have a huge problem with the amount of reactions. It's just, I don't think my last cannon team should be able to like fall back so you don't get to, your charges now harder. Oh, I get to overwatch this other guy or I get to return fire to these other guys and then I get to overwatch you. So they're doing, they're moving sh- and shooting twice. They're doing more in your turn than they're doing in my turn. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's... I think, oh, they fell back. Cool. They're too busy falling back to overwatch anything. Oh, they intercepted. Cool. They're looking up. They're not looking down to return fire elsewhere. But no, you can't have these super mega units that have, you know, the Tech Marine, the 20 man Apothecary, sun, sun Killer Squad. It's got a. Uh, they got uh, the Cognis Signum, so they have night vision, which they don't really need because they already ignore damage mitigation rolls. I don't know. It is what it is. I mean, that's what I did with mine. Like, it's it, the, the, the whole it all becomes crabs thing. It's like immediately it makes sense to just take a. Uh, tech Marine, a Apothecary, Assault Squad, and like, 
yeah two up armor all across the board because like you're just trying to uh, just everybody get behind the artificer armor. Everybody get behind the guys with artificer armor, and then so you just it's obvious that there's obvious to answers when you start playing at that kind of uh, just binary level, right? Yeah, well, but and that's a factor of every mission is going to involve me killing dudes. Exactly. So what is good at killing dudes? Whereas like mobility doesn't matter. So why would I need a mob- mobile squad? If mobility isn't going to help me kill something faster. So that's what happens is eventually the game devolves into the mathematically correct way to play last cannons <laughs> or, you know, conversion beamers or, yeah. you know, anything that can like, unless you're playing like terrain heavy boards, that's how things will do. Okay. Which it's, we're, I mean, it's fixable. It totally is fixable. Yeah, it doesn't take an addition change to fix. No, and I think a lot of but it is I, going I, to... I would like to see something as far as some kind of balance pass. Because I think it needs something. I think the tactical command card is the way to go. And okay. we've already done it. We've been doing that. Yeah. It just We need to bring them into uh, Heresy 2.0. We already have the cards. We just need yeah, to yeah, update we, them to 2.0. Oh, yeah. So, we'll do it. You hear me right now. This will be done by next episode. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll, I'll get it. I, I suspect most of it will be done by the time this episode drops. Yeah. We'll get it done. Hell yeah. Just let me know what you need. So, all right, we're right there at the two hour mark. Yeah. You anything you want to say? Uh, I don't have too much to update on the Siege of Cthonia. just hasn't been chugging, just scheduling issues. Um, we'll talk about it more next time. Yeah, that'll work. Hell yeah. You got a, a pretty solid pretty solid deep dive into that 10th edition game i'm telling you dude it was uh it's something i i had fun you know yeah and i know with the right now it's got all the fanfare of a new edition and everybody's been super hype about it and i get it all right guys so before we go uh just a heads up and a reminder we do have our patreon and uh with that patreon we do want to uh give a huge shout out and a huge thank you to spencer chris Powerful, powerful uh, May. Uh, we got Josh, Thomas, Duncan, Scarab Prime, and Gabriel. Thank you guys for donating for to the Patreon. You definitely are supporting our uh, painting competition every month. It allows us to do that. Endeavors to do cool stuff. I'm I'm hoping that we can get enough to buy some of those God's hands. Snippers, bro. <laughs> At some point, is that going to put that up for grabs for one of the competitions? Oh no, I'm going to use them. There you know, <laughs> like, no, I, those, I, those for me. Those are daddy. I need them bad boys. <laughs> but but yeah, thank you guys. We super appreciate everything you do. Yeah, but y'all have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>